This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that hates sticky toffees. There was a horrible feeling of deja vu at Goodison Park on Saturday evening, with the blue bogeymen coming back to haunt us. Uh, not for the first time in recent history, Chelsea got done by some good old-fashioned shithouse tactics. Uh, Everton had a game plan which became considerably easier when Mendy had a brain fart to concede an early penalty. They then defended deep with their four centre-backs, snuffing out any threat from our flanks and disrupted and spoilt any attempts for us to create any rhythm. I, for one, won't criticise them for doing that, having seen Chelsea use the same tactics over the years, but it was frustrating and deflating for our 17-game unbeaten run to end so limply. Chelsea struggled to create, and as Frank said afterwards, in that respect they failed the test. But as he also said, it is a test that they must and will pass in the future. Chelsea fancast number 776, bogeymen. And I'm not talking about the things that are up your your hooter, your schnozzle. No, indeedy. Uh, Now, uh, Mr Kidd is on the show tonight. Who knew? What a surprise. How are you, dear boy? It's been for at least two days. Two days, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah two days. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I, I People will talk, you, JK. I can't tell you how depressed I was. I know you me. were. I know. I Particularly since I'd said 5-0. Yeah, a tad optimist, optimist. Well, we all got it massively wrong. I went for 3-1. Most people on the Prem Predictions League went for a big old victory. We kind of underestimated how good Everton were. More of that later. I have to say, JK, I know you were depressed, old fruit. I do. I mean, this is the beauty of having a WhatsApp group. It's like a therapy session, isn't it? Everybody <laughs> everybody kind of helps each other to work through it. And I do love it for that. But there you go. Um, I am delighted to say uh, that we also have Mr. Dane Whittle in the house, the uh, uh, 
well, the supremo of Chelsea Fancast Instagram account for uh, for which I am both very grateful and would be wholly stuffed without. Mr. Whittle, how are you? Evening, everyone. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm knackered, mate. Already, I have worked all day today, non-stop, and uh, it's only Monday. It's my last week of work, so I'm just like clinging on with my fingernails, praying for Friday to come along sooner rather than later. But there you oh, go. Oh yeah, me too. It's my last week as well. Yeah. Good to see you, mate, as always. Now, I think it's almost, uh, I mean, I feel like a drum roll, obviously, but I also feel like presenting one of those cakes where a a, a lovely damsel appears uh, amidst fireworks coming out of the cake. And in that cake would be the lovely Diana Yoop, your number one fan, Mr. Tony Glover. Hey, good evening. And um, yeah, good evening to uh, Diana. She's listening somewhere. Oh, she'll be um, here, mate. She'll be here. Yeah, don't yeah, worry. yeah. But it's um, yeah, it's good to be good to be back on. It's a good way of warming up everything for the. Sorry, got to do it, Chief, for the return of the podding shed next week. Yes, oh. is that confirmed? For I've got a, I'm I'm having some a, a Zoom drinky thing with some friends until eight o'clock, I believe, yeah. next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do it on Wednesday and um, half eight I mean, kickoff. If you want to come in a little bit later on on that, then fine. I'd love so, to. It doesn't really matter, Chief. But a big pleasure to have you along. No, mate. Who are I... your guests, Tony? Who will be your guests? Um, it will be at the moment. It looks like it's um, Donal. I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of Donal. He he's um, he he's different, isn't he, Chief? I've had be- pleasure of a beer with Donal, mate. He's wonderful. Yes. Great sense of humour. Different. Yes, he, he's uh, he'd fit into your profession perfectly, I would imagine. Nah, I'm not quite sure on which side of the fence, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, Martin Wickham and Dan Silver at the moment. Jk, so there you go. So, you Podding know, shed mean, it, is it, back. It's been it's been 18 months, I think. I can't remember yeah. now, but you've been. Um, yeah. It's time to dust it down, and, and um, I, I'm really looking to aim and make it. Some it won't be a match review thing. It won't be a copy of this. I think there's more. Stuff to it'd be more like a pub kind of conversation about football, COVID, all that sort of stuff, Chelsea, the future, and, and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'll be looking forward to it. Great thing is, mate, I, I shall probably be pissed before I even join you, which will make it even better. And of course, I won't be in the driving seat, which is no, you won't. And of course, I won't, I won't, I won't countenance being a backseat driver, all right? No, you won't. <laughs> No, yes. I won't, Tony says. No, you won't, son. No, you won't. Damn right, mate. Keep some bloody order. Right. Yeah. Talking of order, the order of the show tonight is, uh, in part one, we're going to discuss how crucial Mendy uh, conceding a penalty was and how Chelsea played into Everton's hands tactically. Uh, but, of course, football is also a game of fine margins. And this was also a match about missing players as well as missed opportunities. Lots of missing going on. Anyway, in part two, uh, we discussed the defeat being a reality check on Ch- Chelsea's title ambitions. How much of a concern is the form of Havertz and Werner? amongst many other things too. Uh, And in part three, we're going to look ahead to tomorrow night's uh, match against Wolves. We've got the lovely Matt Guy from the Wolves fan cast. Uh, I think in horse terms, they would say we are in the same stable as them as they are a fan cast. They are too. They're a proper fan cast from Snack Media. And Matt's a lovely guy. I've spoken to him many times. So he's going to join us for the opposition view. And then after that, we'll give our view on the game as well and we'll wrap up with some emails and of course what you've all been waiting for particularly tony jk and dane we've got full house of prem prediction league members here tonight Mm -hmm. and as i and i am delighted to say i am ahead of all of them which i can't (laughs) often say so there we go so we'll reveal who's doing well in that and who isn't and of course as ever 
Don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast, where, of course, you can join in all the chat on the live chat page. There's some bloke called Tony Glover in there. I don't know what he's doing in there. But other than him, you've got Kurt, you've got Andy, the Hutch, the lovely Andy, the Hutch, Kev M. Football is my religion. I presume Stamford Bridge is his church. I can't. It's so long. I can't read it. Or Daryl, ah, the lovely Daryl Middleditch, uh, Kurt again, KBF, keep the flu flying in the. Adam Finnegan. There's so many of you in there. Really lovely to see you all in there. As ever, after this very short break, we will be talking about the Everton match. Right, welcome back. This is, of course, the Chelsea Fancast of me, Stanford Chidge, Im Jonathan Kidd, Im Dane Whittle, and Im Mr. Tony Glover. And, uh, phew, I mean, we were all saying before we went on air, or fact, we might have even started by then, I can't remember now, but um, we we got the predictions whoppingly long. I mean, I think we'd all felt, you know, we're on such a crest of a wave, it's all coming together, you know, we're really good. Everton had half their team out. Of course, we Obviously, as we often do, as wonderfully, beautifully myopic Chelsea supporters, forgot the obvious fact that Carlo is a wily old fox. Goodison Park is our graveyard in recent history. They were playing with four central defenders. We had no proper wingers. I mean, you know, how long have we all been watching football for? Unbloody believable. But the thing is, Tone, they they kind of pressed us. I I mean, look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the bigger man here, not not bigger than you guys, but generally, and yeah. say, you know what? Credit where credit's due. They shit housed that win, and they did it brilliantly. Pressed us, worked hard, disciplined, defended deep, disrupted, spoilt, bloody clever and effective shit house yeah. football. Much like we did against Spurs. Then. Yep, and and we've done many a time to many teams. To Indeed. be fair. Indeed, and that's why you know it's hard to get. You know, it pisses you off on a Saturday night. Um, it, it kind of ruins the fact that there's another match of the day you ain't going to be watching. <laughs> True enough. That. There's an upside to everything. Tony. Yeah, <laughs> but we haven't we haven't been saying that for a little while. And I, 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 you know, I just take the fact that you know, um, there's there's no shame in being beaten by a team that have set out and strategically done what they went to do, and they didn't give us a hiding. There could have been an equaliser in there. A draw probably would have been a fairer result. I don't think we did enough to, to earn the win. Um, uh, Carlo is wily. Frank is still learning. We, we've had a remarkable uh, run of games up until now. Not many people, you know, we, there are plenty in the Premier League that would absolutely die for for what we've had this season so far. And um, and I, I think you just got to doff your cap to them and give them the grudging... You know, if you're having a beer afterwards, you say, "Well, you shit house that, didn't you?" And they probably go, "Yeah, we did." Ha-ha. Who cares? <laughs> and, and I, I and I, I, I do like that. And I think that, again, you know, it, it's an unfriendly ground to go to. They, irrespective of of the kind of lack of a full stadium or whatever. Um, and I just think that, you know, on the day, it just didn't quite happen. I, I do wonder. And also, it's very interesting to note that none of the teams that played in Europe had a good weekend. 
None of them. Did they? Yeah, but although we changed our whole team, so it. it but it is weird. Jk, yeah. I, I know that. Well, I'm hoping it's been you know a couple of days now that the depression has lifted, the gl- the Stygian gloom has dissipated somewhat. Well, Monami, it, it was depression, but it also it was intense disappointment I because. Know. You could tell from the very beginning of the game that we hadn't turned up. And you always think, surely they're going to actually make more of an effort. Because the, the speed of the passing was, was awful. Frank on the side. You can also tell with Frank's body language. When Frank gets worried, he ceases to face the pitch and starts sort of looking sideways. And, is, and he does that big arm movement as if speed it, speed it, speed it. And he kept going, I'm afraid he kept going, for fuck's sake you could see him going what the fuck he kept saying because it wasn't in the game plan to be to be passing the ball so slowly and all right they were pressing excellently yeah they were but but, but they gave um, us no time and space jk it's hard no to, no no it's and, hard and to some play people, against that some people didn't deal with it however no, you still have to accept the fact that they they all of this it was, it, you know, my, my big, the big game for me that I will always use as a kind of model for shithousery is, uh, um, is Inter Milan versus us under Mourinho, where um, yeah. that fullback of theirs, what, what was his name, the, with an M, can't remember his name, or every single time he was challenged, fell over, yeah. and the referee gave a foul every single time, yeah. Yeah. and and the whole is this whole dreadful disruption of. Of just just for no reason, as you said, I think Tony on on um, or no, it was Clayton, I think who said it. Alan and Richarlison just behaved absolutely outrageously and just cheated nonstop. And Moss, being a complete dick, which revealed more than ever what a complete idiot. That wonderful um, picture that went the rounds of Richarlison throwing himself at James, grabbing his shirt, bouncing off him because he'd thrown himself holding his face and Moss giving the foul to them when he'd run at him. And we could all tell. I even immediately tweeted about it, uh, WhatsApped about it. I said, Richarlison threw himself at him. And Moss is so myopic and far away, has no idea, pays no attention to his linesman. And of course, every single time there was any Chelsea challenge, the 2000 Everton fans all went mad. Campbell! Uh, yeah, and Moss, but Moss believed them this is what i find so astonishing is how he was absolutely conned and you think you are an elite referee surely you he's not an elite referee he's a fat referee but not an elite one no well well, he must be elite he's being paid for he's a professional the very fact that there is just because you get paid loads of money doesn't mean you're good no, well, hey, but then why does he keep being picked? I mean, look how been... poor I am. I know, I know, that's true. And how, how crap I am as well. You're absolutely... <laughs> we're, we're all rubbish. You're absolutely right. I agree. I agree. Great no, but, but, this, but this is one of the... I really do despair of this it, because no, nobody in the press has mentioned this. This whole aspect of shithousery when players go to ground absolutely to disrupt what's going on and the referee should give them yellow cards non-stop yeah they don't they let them get away with it and it just it it wasn't our only our game i watched liverpool fulham yesterday liverpool were at it all game yeah yeah Yeah. but i mean i think and i think john jonathan you make a you you make a superb point actually and because I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm, I don't have a problem with Everton doing that at all. It's the modern game. Chelsea have done it more than enough times. Completely, but you're dead completely. right. It's up to Moss to sort it out. Now, Dane, 
Um, Jonathan made so much trouble with Jonathan. He makes so many good points in in his monologue that I have to try and remember <laughs> remember them. But I think I think one. I mean, I, you know, look. I, I'll give you notes. Jim, okay, do, well, you, sh- you should do what I do. Send them before. No, no, I'll no, no, send them to you. But I'm going but, to talk um, about that. I mean, one of the points. I mean, I, I do take his point. We didn't look at it from the off, and we we all know we've watched enough football that that can happen. But I, I mean, I'm talking not about J.K. here, but generally, and I and I do think that. You know, and I understand it because I'm myopically biased towards Chelsea as well. But I do think we have a tendency to forget, you know, that there is another team playing, and we just have to turn up, be at it, and we'll win. You know, and 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 my point that I was kind of making to J.K. was that, in fact, you know, it doesn't matter how shit house uh, Allen and Richarlison and the rest of them were, but you know, Iwobi, uh, Calvert Lewin as well, they pressed and pressed and pressed, and I think they. You know, they made it very hard for Chelsea. They would have made it hard for Chelsea even had we been at it, I think. Yeah, they did definitely did a job on us, didn't they? And we were a little bit the master of the dark arts. Yeah, yeah. I, see, the problem I have with when Chelsea like draw or lose is I always think we're going to win every game. Those oh, blue tinted glasses are on, <laughs> so I always struggle with it. But I think my glass is still, you know, half full. Uh, like Mine you too, said. Yeah. They, they they did a job on us and they did it brilliantly. We had a lot of the ball. We were huffing and puffing a lot more than we did there last season. And we just didn't have that, that bit of class that we needed in those tight games well, to get Last get, season, get they, they, they... I mean, this is the thing. I've been very careful how I phrase this because it's tempting to say they, they intimidate us and they roughed us up. I don't actually think they did. No, last no. season, they bullied the shit mm. out of us. and were, I mean, mate, it could have been more than 3-1. They absolutely roasted us. They never yeah. played like that again, Chidge, though. No, <laughs> no, they didn't. That's because Duncan Ferguson wasn't the manager anymore. He was right. He got rid of him. Well, I think he had a couple of other he not did. so no, he did. displays after But that. Th- this was a shithouse win. This wasn't us getting roughed up. But I tell you what, Dane, I mean, I know all of you got far better memories than me it's weird isn't it i mean i know it's like what it's one in seven i think we've now won there um it's weird isn't it you do get bogey teams you do get bogey grounds don't you dane well you do and and you know some people use the excuses if you've got a foreign manager we haven't we've got frank we've got jody we've got quite a british uh background so they would know what it's like going to goodison park going to everton uh and this this is even with the crowd it's a hard place to go. Uh, he, he would have he would have thought he had been ready, but you know they just did a job on us. As I was about to say before, in games like this, you 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 know you spend the money hoping that bit of class brings you out of it, but it doesn't always work like that. I remember watching the Champions League final a couple of months ago with uh, Bayern Munich and PSG, and how much did PSG spend on Neymar and Mbappe? And they miss chance after chance, so sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's one of those. You spend days. the money, but they just sometimes, you know, well, those games just above bad all the office. You mustn't concede. You mustn't concede. Well, I was going to, I was going to get onto that, mate. Um, yeah, I know. You know that. Well, no, it's a good segue because, I mean, it was a bad day of the office, and I mean, if that was a general summation of it, we'll we'll get onto that later, no doubt. But um, I thought Frank's post-match presser was was very spot on actually and the reality is that if if Everton had a game plan like that and don't underestimate the fact they play before centre-backs you know that was part of their plan I mean I know injury induced as well to be fair but you concede a goal against Everton you fall right into their game plan it was the worst thing that we could do but here's the thing um my gut reaction to it was that it was a Mendy error and it wasn't his ball to win do you think that's fair 
Yes. I, yes. I, well, yeah. Are you asking any of us to die? Well, in? I mean, yeah, any of you, really. But you, you kind of go first if you want. Well, I, I, I thought he was a bit phased by just having been injured. You know, he'd yes, fallen. He did, didn't he? He, he? Yeah. And I don't think he was quite on it. Because he ran out and closed his eyes, if you look at it, and just he didn't go for the ball. He well, he went for the ball, but he closed his eyes for the collision, so he didn't actually look at what was going on, which I've never seen him do before. Mm. And after he did that, he, he he looked he looked a bit rabbit in the headlights for the rest of the game. One of the saves he made, it, it, normally he would just have palmed it round. He looked as if he saw it late, and I think he got I think he got phased by his injury, and I think he didn't let on actually. I think he had a really not, a, a much heavier fall hmm. than uh than, than um, maybe uh, slightly concussed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe. maybe the case maybe the case i mean that, but, that, uh, go on go on Jack. No, no 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 just just disastrous if they're going to play well like absolutely that. at nil nil <clears throat> you know that we relax and we're not going for that and they're not going to yeah. defend as much and they're going to um uh and probably one of the one of the shots we have goes in yeah it's played played right into their hands tony um because the, the other theory about the Mendy brain fart, as I weirdly, I managed to get away with calling it that on Talk Sport on Saturday night. Did you really? I did. Well done. I, I did wimp out of, about calling Everton's win a shit house win. I called it an out. I called it an outhouse win. <laughs> I thought that wasn't too bad. But that's, anyway, uh, yeah. That, well, for people of a certain age, that has the same. It does. Same um, meaning, doesn't did it? you call it outhousery? No, I didn't quite go that far. I mean, Adam Cattrall's a good lad, actually, and he would have, he would have, he and I get on quite well, actually, because I think I've done a lot of shows with him when he's been on McCundy. So he's kind of like, you know, tuned into the fact that, you know, I'm a mate of Jason. So he's been quite pally and he's all right. I I like Adam. He's all right. Anyway, Tony, there's another theory that Silver may have been a little bit to blame for that and could have done better. And that kind of, you know, you know, kind of meant that, that, that Mendy kind of had to rush out a bit. I mean, yeah. Yeah, is that fair? I, I, yeah, I I think so. I, I think I, you know. I think the danger we have having somebody like Silverman is like with the danger you have with John Terry. You think they're going to clear everything up, and so assumptions are made by other players or whatever, um, and it means they can never switch off. And then that momentary, just that slight momentary, you know, late decision or whatever, and then the goalkeeper's dropped in it. And I, I, I do you know what? I I, I never believe in us having what we would call at work a single catastrophic point of failure, right? Except when we had Kepa. In An event horizon. Yeah. So you have this, you know, you, 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 you know, there is rarely a mistake that comes from one individual glaring error. It really is that, that, you know, you, you look back at the Southampton goal, the third goal, I think when it was a, you know, it was Kepa's fault, but then the back pass from Zuma had, you know, do you know what I mean? So it's a bit, bit of everything. I think, um, you know, I don't think there's anything to worry about there. I, I do think that, that Silver, you know, maybe um, with a bit of forethought could have done more. I think Mendy, do you know what? Even though we've had such a good run with Mendy and goal, all our eyes are on any goalkeeper that we get in from now on, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. Because we've had big nose and, and I never thought he was a patch on check. Um Checks back though. Playing tonight. Well, sorry. Checks back, isn't he? Isn't he playing tonight? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, he's playing in the reserve team. But you know, I, I I think there's a bit too much romanticism around. You know, when when no, when, when Peter Check went, you know, he was already starting to um, show some frailties. But you know, Kepper came in and he was, um, you know, the the frailties are there. We're, we're now stuck with a seventy-five million pound goalkeeper that 
we're probably going to have to loan out or whatever. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Mendy. It's disappointing that we don't seem to have anybody else waiting in the wings. But do you know what? He carried on with that game. Not much else. You, you, you might have been thinking about Dodgy, but actually I thought he looked quite secure after that. Um, and he's a commanding presence. So I don't want to get too... Uh, I don't want to do this sort of dart throwing. He's a keeper, it's, mate. They make mistakes. It happens. Yeah, of course they know? do. And of course, yeah. they, when they make mistakes, of course, they're often pretty terminal. Dane? Yeah, I, I agree a lot with what Tony said. But what I, what I was thinking uh, when he made that mistake is, what do we actually know about him? We give up the least shots in the whole league now for the second season running. So he doesn't have... A lot of shots to save. He makes that's why Kepper got criticized so much. We'd give up two shots and he'd let in one. Uh, we know he's commanding, he commands the area, he comes for a cross, and it's just like he's an NBA player, you know, you'll always get it. But there's not a we, we because we don't give up a lot of, of, of chances, we're still to see what he's all about, well, and it'll be interesting for it to grow. I, I'm, mm. not, I'm not so sure, Dane, because you know, he's. Okay, there are some some games where he doesn't have to do anything, but of course the mark of any great keeper, as I'm sure these two will tell you as well, because we've all been around the block a long time, is that the great keepers do nothing for 89 minutes and they're called on to make a match-winning save and they'll mm-hmm. do it. So their concentration has to be top dollar. We've seen him make some really good saves. We've seen him make saves that are close range. We've seen him come out and close the angle down and make saves. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. we've seen him save long-range saves, which Kepper would let in. When he saves them, he pushes them yeah. laterally, not straight back out to the players. Yes, he's absolutely commanding in the box. He clears the area, which is what I love to see. And he's six foot five and a great big beast. I, I mean, I think we have seen enough of him. And those stats don't lie. I mean, I know the defence have been good. And I know you have to take account of who you're playing. But, you know, those stats stack up with Petr Cech. I mean, that's that's you know that says a lot to me. Um I don't think we should be doubting him. No, I, I don't. Think we are. No, he's not. Him. I don't think he is. I'm just. I just want error, to yeah. uh, see. You know, we can't help but not see enough of him because we need someone to absolutely, you know, whack on our door for the next for the whole ninety minutes. But I'm. I'm just saying what I've seen is I'm seeing him doing better than Kepper. But yeah, 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 definitely. Could me or you, or you have done better than um, Kepper? Definitely. Now, listen. I'm. I'm going to pick up on, on on more kind of J.K. isms, if you like, because um, I think I think it's right to say. And I mean, it's an interesting thing, actually, because I mean, JK was saying Frank was going around going for fuck's sake and, and, and not really doing anything to change it, you could argue. Yes. But, uh, yeah. but I, I, I mean, you know, this does happen. You know, people forget that the, the manager will have had his tactical plan. He will try and change it in game, but it doesn't always work. If you listen to Jose Mourinho's post-match comments after Spurs drawing 1-1 with Palace, he said, I told them to go and play a certain way in the second half and they didn't. So, you know, it, it, it does happen that players just don't respond to what you're saying and you you can't take them all off, you know. These things happen. What I would be critical of, JK, is the fact that um, we had no... Uh, we knew that we had no out-and-out wingers. Now, OK, I know that even with that situation, you could probably rely on Chilwell and James to provide the ammunition, as it were, from the from the flanks. But if you're playing against a defence with four central defenders, lobbing the ball into the box is not going to bear much fruit. They really needed, for me, they needed to go and play between the lines. They needed to get, you know, none of these, none of that, none of Everton's defenders were speed merchants. You know, they needed to get 
on the shoulder of them, play between the lines. Now, you can't do that with Giroud starting. I think, you know, indeed, indeed. And Amina completely controlled Giroud. Yeah. It was, it was a really intriguing... They played well. World Cup standard performance. I mean, if you remember, Mina played for Colombia and was brilliant for them in the World Cup, um, uh, in the last World Cup, just because he, he, he kept scoring from corners. He's a real unit and, uh, and a really top player. And Giroud, um, Giroud had a, a chance which uh, he really should have put away. And I think it was because he was uncomfortable because he was really being put through his paces. And he, he actually looked as bad as he has been in the past when we failed to get through uh, a team just just blocking. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and and that was why we all thought Abraham would always be a much better player because he was in that kind of environment because he was so much more um, agile and mobile. Mm. So what we saw really was uh, was a, almost a throwback to the reason why for a period Giroud was third choice. However, if there's room and the forwards are um, and if forwards of the, the the class of Pulisic and Zayesh are playing, then you're in a position for Giroud to 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 do his magic. And I think that um, I, you you hinted slightly. I think Frank should have somehow changed it earlier because I don't know. He was giving him a chance, wasn't he? Havertz. We were saying we didn't have a winger. Havertz played twelve t- times on the wing last year and scored six goals and had about six assists. Wasn't an idiot playing on the wing, and, and we he know was, Werner can too. So, and indeed, indeed, but Werner kept disappearing from the game completely. Well, we'll talk about Havertz and Werner in part two. But I think that uh, the thing that 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 really occurred to me, it's not just about. I mean, the point is, you know, we we could have, we had James, we had Chilwell, we could have had yeah, uh, yeah. Zh, and we could have had Hudson and Doy. It doesn't matter how good your wingers are putting balls into the box if you've got four centre backs to to, to to attack against. What what I I think what this match showed actually is what a miss a player like Pulisic is because although he's a winger, what he does do that is different. He runs at defences. He yeah, would yeah. have scared the shit out of that yeah, defence. Yeah, terrifies completely. them completely. And that's a real miss for us. And I mean. You know, I do worry. I mean, apparently he's uh, Frank says he's fit for tomorrow, but I mean, I love Pulisic. I mean, God Almighty, who amongst us doesn't love a player who who's fast as hell can can take players on and run at them? It's just one of the best things you ever see in football. And he's a bright player as well. And he's a bright player as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Timing, positioning, all of that. I think he's a superb player. But I tell you what, Tony, it worries the hell out of me. That he's got glass ankles or whatever. I mean, he 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 played something like twenty two games last season. Yeah, oddly and, enough, we had this the last fan cast I was on. Yeah, we like deja vu all over that. again, mate. Yeah, and is he another Robin? Um, and even if he is, then bloody keep him because we made a terrible mistake getting rid of Robin because he was made of glass. And uh, and look where his career went. And I I think he's been an unfortunate victim of circumstances. Even yeah. if he's fit for tomorrow. I still would be inclined not to play him and to bring him off the bench, not to start him. And the reason for that is, is I think we've paid the price too many times for bringing players back too quickly when, when they weren't absolutely necessary. But, you know, we, we're going to talk about the Wolves game later on, but I, 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 I you know, I fear for it. No, I agree. I agree hundred percent, mate. But I, I, you know, I think Pulisic, he is, he, he's no Eden Hazard, but he could be. Yeah. Because he has that same ability to terrify defenders, mm. right? You know, and even when I play walking football, if someone's coming at you, it's quite scary if you know they're skillful and if they're if they're 
about to razzle-dazzle you or, or make you look like a frigging mug because they've nutmegged you or whatever. And he has that ability. So I think he's a miss. Um, but I think we, we're blessed with, a, 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 with riches. And, you know, we've just been a bit unfortunate with hamstrings in this lately. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I still... I mean, I, Everton did a job, like you said, and we weren't that bad. I mean, we opposed twice. Well, I was going we? to say, Tony... You know, excuse me, you kind of caught me with a mouthful of a mouthful of nuts. Fine margins. They're KP's I nuts. I want to know about your mouthful of nuts. I know. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't resist the carry-on gag, and I, you know, it almost went unnoticed. But uh, I mean, it's From a good. Me, never. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but it's a really good point, isn't it, Dane? I mean, we can moan like stink all we like, but the reality is, as we should all know by now, football is a game of very, very fine margins. Um, Reese James. I can't believe how the damn thing didn't go in in the first half. Hits the post. Inside of the post and still doesn't go in. Uh, Mason Mount, good free kick. Hits the post. You know, those goals go in. It's a comp- Well, I mean, if the, if the uh, if James's goal goes in, it's a different match entirely, it's I think. at the beginning of the second half as well. He almost chipped. Uh, um, yeah, the audacious far, little far. chip, wasn't there, yeah. uh, Dane, yeah. by Mount? And, uh, and Zuma also had a very close chance. So, you know... I mean, in a game where we didn't make too many, you know, clear-cut chances, we made enough chances to score goals and we could have won. Yeah, we did. So I just want to go back to Pulisic quickly. Mm, I am worried about him. I'm sure I saw a stat. I don't know how true it it was or if anyone can confirm it, but he's missed more games for us in just over a season and a half than Hazard missed in seven. Uh, The games he should have been fit for. Uh, You know my background, Chidge. I couldn't have been more happier when an established US player come to play for Chelsea. And I had to put up with all the all these accounts on Twitter questioning Frank early on because what a lot of Americans were doing, they were following him like they do with star NBA players. I don't care about the club, they care about the player. It's just come out recently. Well, they can fuck ever, off then. Well, it's it's true, yeah. It's just come out recently <laughs> that ever since day one, they've realized about his muscles is a problem. I've been trying to build up muscles in certain areas a year and a half later, and it's still not Oh, you know, where are we on that? He's still getting injured. To go back to the... Uh, before you right. do, before you do, Dane, they need to get him off a diet of Hershey bars and get him onto some steak. Oh, yeah. Good old-fashioned steak. Free, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I think we... I thought we, you know, I was wondering, could he have brought on Billy and maybe pushed Kante up a little bit more to protect Billy? You know, it took Mason a while to get into the game. Probably about a good, good hour. Kovacic was, was okay, but... Reese, you know, I was I was arguing with myself: is his balls into the box bad, or is the movement in the box bad? Is it a bit of both? Uh, it was only, you know, Chilwell didn't get forward too much to put anything in. Havertz again, and Werner. I don't know how long that grass is in the Bundesliga, but they both give really short passes. It was a, but overall, we had so much ball, and as I said earlier, you know, you just wanted that bit of class and that bit of movement. But often it just didn't happen. Somebody to unlock the door, and I think that's my yeah. point about Pulisic. He, you know, he he's, he has that rarest of rare gifts. I mean, actually, just go and look at all the other teams in in the Premier League and anywhere else you you, you care to look. Really, it, it's the players that can pick up that ball, run with it, and beat players. I mean, Zahar for Palace is a good example. Mm. Son, On his day, Pulisic will be in, getting any Premier League. Yeah, team. yeah. You know, Son for, to a degree at Tottenham is capable of doing yeah. that. Uh, Salah is another one. I mean, you look at the, these are the players that uh, that light up any football team. And Jonathan, we we do miss that with him. In a game like that, where you've got a, a very stoic uh, Everton side, 
You know, that that could have made the difference for me. And I think it's such a shame that he's got these injury issues. I also think, I think Zayic is as good as that as well. I think if you play with both of them, I think it's, um, I think we have to query Zayic as well because he's now been injured. Yeah, he's um, done a hammy, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he's had. What, what is this about? And you see, you, you're the master of language, and uh, this I do know. Uh, what is an an, an awareness in your hamstring? Well, I, I, I don't. You just feel a slight numbness. A, a sort what of a little... stupid way of putting it, then? Oh no, I see what you mean. You, the actual word itself. No, I think that's quite good, isn't it? You're you're as a player. You're not saying I've torn it. You're going. Yeah. I, I felt like something. I, I, I think, yeah, there's something in there. It, yeah. Felt it, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Please. you go, uh, I mean, I do that quite regularly. Just Can't they just say I've tweaked me hammy? It's not even Yeah, a you can too. say. I'd, I'd, yeah, that be, it'll be good. But some of them, I th- don't think, have that yeah. kind of vocabulary themselves, Chidge. Yeah. An awareness oh, in your hammy. Is hang on, hang on, hang on, Tony. Isn't awareness what the doctors told them to say? Maybe. It's probably much more, I got an awareness. I got an awareness in my hamstring. Yeah. Yeah, whereas... Um, I do you know, declare oh, oh. that I am aware <laughs> of tweaking me hammy. Yeah, got to get, exactly. Get, rather than going, I've got a tweak in my hammy, we'd go, oh, get oh. you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but no, I... I and and Zayish definitely isn't going to say it, is he? Because <laughs> tweak in my hammy. No, he's, not. No, he's Moroccan, he's isn't he? He's Moroccan. Yeah, what accent's that? Can I? <laughs> I thought he was, thought he was yeah. done. Sorry, I did my Dutch accent. Well, he, he yeah. did play for Ajax, so that's fair enough. Yeah, Tony, that's Tony. Sometimes he does speak a bit like that. We don't know if he does or not. Tony, but... you were about to say something. I'm not keep Balboa now. That, 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 I, I think I know, you know, when you, uh, and like you, people will laugh, but I mean, you know, a player's walking football and a guy came along last week and he was a very good player. Um, it was his first Was he called Zayech? Well, he was a bit like, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're attacking all your football, all this, whatever. And 15 minutes before the end, he was absolutely blowing out of his arse and could hardly move. Um, and But when, I, when, you, when we do the warm-up, I always do a few stretches and all this sort of stuff. And then, I, you know, I do a few, you know, shots. And, and honestly, you, it's not the, not the leg you shoot with, it's the standing leg where you feel the hamstring just... And it is literally... I, an awareness, I think, is quite good. You, you're just thinking that felt a bit tight. You're not tweaked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a little bit tight, so I'll go and do some more stretches and get that. Oh, no, I remind when I feel that, Tony, I just walk off. I'm sorry, yeah. I can't possibly. I'm sorry, it's just not working sorry, for it's me. Not working <laughs> for me. The, the last time I played football, the last time I did, I've told you this story, I'm sure. I played at Stamford Bridge. I can't believe it because um, it was the day that um, Abramovich has a charity game at the end of the season in June. And um, you, you oil companies, they pitch large amounts of money to actually play uh, to play in the day. And they play lots of um, five-a-side games. But the person organising it, um, uh, guys, uh, Chapu, an oil guy who sits in the West Stand, was given uh, a free hour and a half before the competition started. And the whole day's for charity. And he's allowed to invite people to come and play. And... Um, and I was uh, honoured to be asked to play. And I thought, fantastic. I'm going to play at Stamford Bridge. Um, all right, it's against, you know, the, the, well, it's what happens, of course, is there are about four or five players who just happen to play who are excellent, who just completely just piss all over you. But the rest of us are all, you know, um, middle-aged, um, just enjoying the fact we're in the bridge. Anyway, I, I started off, been, um, I was playing left back, was sort of um, tiptoeing about a bit. And I suddenly thought, I've got the ball here. I'll play a, a, a one-two. I played a one-two. Um, chat, the ball was laid back into me. I said, me, me, me again, me again. And I said, go for it, go for it. And I then laid it off. And it was that one moment of then attempting to do a strange pass that I tore my left hamstring. But 
not not to um, uh, feel that my left hamstring was was on its own, my right hamstring decided to tear itself as well. So I tore I both. I remember you telling me this. this you remember, yeah. And what 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 is fantastic about it is when you tear one hamstring, at least you can do that thing of going oh oh ah, ah, and stand there knowing you've torn one hamstring and walk off. When you tear both hamstrings, you find yourself falling straight forwards onto the ground because you can't move. And so I was lying there on the ground um, with not, uh, not I couldn't get up, couldn't do anything. I've torn both hamstrings. And luckily I tore, it was only about, about six feet away from the touchline. But the substitute, they didn't make uh, seconds. They just said, oh, yeah. Um, Did you have to on, roll please. off? Did you have come to roll on. off? Yeah. He said, well, they said, roll off, Jonathan, roll off. So what well, they said. And he, he walked over me, the boy, because he was next door. And he actually said to me, he said, um, he said, for an old bloke, he said, you've played quite well for eight minutes. He said to me. <laughs> Tony, very quickly, because we've got to go to a break. Well, yeah, and I, I think I'm just going to go back to a conversation I was having with Ken Barkley in the, in, in the pub last time we were there and uh, about the fact that, you know, I pulled hamstrings playing playing walking football. But he said that it's, it's a susceptibility that players very rarely ever get rid of. Yeah, yeah. Once you've got, because like, so Michael Owen. Owen. Michael Owen. Well, Michael Owen, precisely. Yeah. And, and well, What did Robin uh, do, though, Tony? What did Because Robin was very, always getting injured. He wore cycling he, shorts. His dad put that's him through right. an enormous. His dad, because that's why Kenyon got rid of him. He thought he was never going to ever be better again. <sighs> I know. And his Stupid and his dad boy. spent ages working with him and strengthened his his whether it was his quads or whatever. He yeah. did something or his back. He did something that meant he never suffered from it again. Yeah. And had the had a, a obviously as we know completely phenomenal career. And that's another player that we got rid of far I too know. soon. Anyway, we got to, we got to move on because there's loads to come and we're on a deadline tonight because we've got Matt joining us at about 20 Ooh, past yes. eight. Ooh, goody, goody. So there we go. So before we toddle off for uh, a quick break, uh, time to remind you all, in fact, it's arrived today. Uh, it's arrived in my post box today, that's for sure. But uh, the new issue of uh, CFC UK is amongst you. Um, but uh, yeah, so there we go. So if you have subscribed to it, in terms of uh, getting a real copy sent you in the post, it should arrive now. Uh, but if you want to do that, it's easy. You just email cfcuk at gate17.co.uk. You can pay via PayPal, uh, and Dave will put you on the list and send one out to you. It's a couple of quid, which includes the first-class postal delivery. Uh, but you can always get it digitally uh, by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. Um, now, I also believe that, that it's also on an app um which uh i'm about to try and find because i'm damn sure i bookmarked it i do tend to do these things but whether i can find it really quickly or not is a moot point i'm just looking very quickly yes i can if you go and follow uh match day at match day digital on twitter at match day digital um you can download their app which i think will have the fanzine on it so there you go lots of ways to get it we will be back in a wee second Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and I've got the wonderful Jonathan Kibb with me. I've got the right, uh, uh, the right honourable, the right reverend, uh, Mr. Tony Glover. Good to see you, my friend. And as ever, the supremo of the Chelsea Fancast Instagram account, Mr. Dane Whittle. 
Evening, everyone. I've got to say, Chish, that's the only time I've ever heard anyone use the word supremo outside of a direct footballing reference. Because normally, you know, Leeds supremo, Chelsea supremo, isn't it? He's our Instagram supremo. Yeah, no one ever uses that phrase at any other time. And you are a bit quiet, actually. I've just looked at the levels, funnily enough. Me? Yeah. I know. I'm going to look at my Yeah, so have a fanny about with that while we're talking. Anyway, um, it's time to get on with more football chat. Um, We had loads of uh, stuff to talk about in the first part. Got even more to talk about in this one. I kind of like to think that we kind of start with a bit of a bang and we just get into everything like bang, 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 bang. And then it kind of gets a bit more kind of intellectual, philosophical, thoughtful in part two. Um, But there again, there again, it probably doesn't. one one person we didn't mention who, you know, this is becoming an absolute regularity. Every week we're beginning to say this. Uh, but Rhys James, the only bright spot, really. I mean, if, if everybody else had played like Rhys James, we would have won that 4-0, I think. What a, what a player. I mean, I, I put it on the Twitter, uh, pr- you know, plug earlier on. You know, James rises, the others fall. And I mean, that... You know, in a sense, that's so true. He's he's such a good player, J.K., and he's only twenty-one. What on earth? His, other than his crossing, which wasn't at its best. Well, however, I'm just I'm nitpicking. You are he was a, great. Do you he know? Was, I'm just going to say, it, Jake, fuck off, J.K. As we looked at it's not working for me. <laughs> <laughs> not fucking working for me, mate. If you if you're saying that about James. <laughs> No, no, I agree. There was wasn't that wonderful moment where I think somebody was through. Two of the Everton players were through, and he just he just <sighs> left them for dead. He just just accelerated past yeah. them both and picked the ball up. You just thought, God, bloody, how did he manage to do that? That was just <laughs> so superb. You know, he he is phenomenal. He's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I, I'm uh, yeah. But he, then then you then query why is he playing at a level that we accept that um, we'd like the team to play, and the rest of the team go uh, aren't aren't coming up to his level i don't i mean you and i have had this argument i mean i forget how many years you've been on the bloody show now but ever since you've been on the show you and i have had this argument um no not that kind of an argument it's a it's it's more of a discussion we have those kind of arguments away from the show but um (laughs) about the fact that i'm a great believer in the fact that that, the even football players no matter how good they are you know they are human you know, we all have an off day. There were just some days where, for some reason, we don't know why it doesn't click. My best mate, who who does a lot of running, and, and until I kind of gave up because it was too painful, too cold, and too dark, um, he was kind of kind of coaching coaching me through it and was saying the same. He said, sometimes you go out and you wake up and you feel like a right piece of shit, and you go out and you run your best time. The next day you might go out, or another day you might go out, and you're feeling absolutely top on top form physically, and you run slower, and you just don't know what. We don't know. We we are complicated human beings, mentally and physically, and sometimes they're just not at it when they should be. Well, I nearly that raised good, that very point earlier. Yeah, but if he's that good, why why would ten not as good? Well, I tell you why, because J- Reese James is not in fact human. He is a robot. You know, uh, it looks like he's that. like the Terminator, mate. Yeah, he is. He's in fact, yes, it's all prosthetics, isn't it? Actually, that- Dane, Dane looks like the Terminator at the moment because I, I am, I'm never, I never, I mean, you know, I've seen this uh, kind of mic headphone setup he's, he's got, and I've seen it every time, and I never cease to get amazed by it. But it's got like lights, <laughs> lights on the ears, and like a little kind of is at the end of his mic, it's got like a like a be like a laser beam. It's a brilliant, Dane. I love, I love your kind of Terminator setup there, mate. Wait, there, wait, what? When I'm muted, the light goes. Oh, oh, okay. It's like the on-air light. 
Yeah, we like that. Pretty good. He, he looks like a Formula One team controller. He does, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> Ross Braun, eat your heart out. Yeah, 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 very much. <laughs> yeah. So, Dane, I mean, is there anything to say about Rhys James that we haven't said every week since the season started? Oh. <laughs> the good thing about this season is we you've got that those players that you can like which each week or every two or three games you're changing who's your favorite player and at the moment i think it's reese uh a couple of times on on saturday yeah jonathan just said he got back into position with such such speed and i think he took one off richarlison it was so fun i think richarlison went rolling rolling again he is he's stepped up you know we, we saw the potential last year this season he has stepped up levels more than anyone. Uh, a lot of our players has improved. Mason's improved, uh, obviously. But Reese has just gone on to another couple of levels. It's, yeah. it's, he's, he's. I listen. We got blue tinted glasses. I, I know, but I'm. I oh, yeah, we know. We know a player. We know a. Back in the league, yeah, we I know. A, we know a player when we see one. Dame. We've been around long enough to know that. Mm. Now look. Okay, if James was the uh, was the bright spot. Um, Tony, a um, mm. little bit of concern for Havertz and Werner. Now, I, 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 I need to qualify this because, you know, I know that there are a lot of plonkers on Twitter who will just eviscerate these poor chaps. I mean, I'm very well aware that, and I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, either you know people who have had COVID and had it badly or you don't. I happen to know people who have. So if Havertz had COVID to the extent where he was in bed for seven to ten days, and he couldn't do anything, you know, he was bedridden, basically, and mm. he's as fit as he clearly is, then he had it really badly. And there is no surprise to me that certainly physically, and of course, again, I, I reiterate this, it, it's not just physical with these athletes, it's mental as well. They need to be in tune, mind and body. So I can I can understand why it's going to take him a little bit of time to get back to where he was, because he's had a bit of a knock. But he was poor against Everton. There's no denying that. But I'm 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 kind of actually. Do you know what? I'm more disappointed in Werner, to be honest. Well, I, I so the the Havertz thing. Let's get this one straight. He was hit hard by COVID. He said that. Frank said that. This wasn't like some of the other players who you know were three or four days a little bit fluey feeling or whatever, bedridden for ten days or whatever. Now, what do you do? Do you do you take a chance on him? You're, you're rotating your squad around. When has a footballer ever, ever said, I don't feel well, boss? Don't play me. Never. They'll play through. 90% of footballers will say, you know, they, they walk in with a fucking plaster around their, their leg. Plaster cast on their leg. Oh, don't worry about it, boss. Give me my boots. I'll go out and play. That's the mentality they've got. And I think Frank took a gamble with Havertz and maybe... I think on this occasion, it was the wrong one. He might have been better on bringing him off the bench and giving him 20 minutes at the end of the game or whatever. With Werner, Werner is just trying too hard. And it's frustration. Okay, there's nothing else beyond that. He's just trying too hard and it's frustration. Uh, In the previous game, how many many fucking shots did he have at goal? I mean, the bloke just ran, he ran, he tried, he he did, you know, and, and, and there's a frustration creeping in there. Now, at least... At least that frustration and he's trying too hard is the polar opposite of fucking Maratta, who got frustrated and gave up. So I'm not worried about Werner at all because when it comes, someone's going to get on the right end of an arse kicking. Mm. That's me done, ran over. 
Can I just just say, um, uh, uh, no, I think, Ver, uh, Tony, I agree with you. I think Werner's great. I, I just don't get what happened at, at the weekend. And um, and I, just to, to, to talk about Havertz, Havertz didn't play badly against Krasnodar in that position. He actually looked um, uh, some very good touches, some very nice... Um, um, he looked a, a class apart than lots of them. And I think that's why Frank picked him. But I don't think we should be using the, the COVID thing because if he was that ill, he wouldn't have been, it wouldn't be working in training, in which case Frank wouldn't pick him. I mean, you know, there, it, we would, he would just say he's not fit enough. He's not well enough. I, I, so I, I don't quite, I don't quite get that. As I, no, no, I tell you what I think, JK, I don't, I, I mean, he's, you know, they're not idiots. They're, they're a professional football club. If you're not yeah. fit enough to play and they know you're not, they're not going to pick you. I, exactly. I take on board what Tony said and there's a lot of truth in what he says. I think it's about match sharpness. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But he was pretty sharp against Krasnodar. But Krasnodar a bit, Shit. you know, Europa League pub team again. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. that, that's unfortunately yeah. it. But he, he, he'll get there. He'll get there. It's just a question of, you know, how long. You know, at the moment he wouldn't get into my side if he keeps playing like that. Well, I I don't think he would have played had uh, Pulisic and ZH been fit. I think he. That's why he was out on the right, wasn't it? Dane, what what do you think? Werner as well. He was really good. Uh, uh, JK mentioned Krasnodar, but he was really good the week before against Seville. You know, when we won four 0 away, you forget the burst of pace where he left like three players and set up Giroud. He played brilliantly in that game. Yeah. You wonder again, obviously, I don't know, obviously, the implications and, and the after effects of COVID. You know, he's, as I said, he came back. He looked good for a couple of games. Is now is he now blowing out of his ass because he's just all caught up with him again. Uh, yeah, it's it's a hard one. I have, I have uh, still a lot of faith in him. Yeah. I can see the qualities. Uh, and, yeah, I've got no worries with him. He's going to grow into us. With Werner, there's a difference between playing out on the left where you've got a track back the wingers and, and, and the fullbacks to actually playing through the middle and drifting out to the left. And some to some extent, he's a passenger out there. He's doing a job for us on the left. If he gets the ball, he is the goal scorer, so he can finish, although obviously, understandably, he's missed a lot of chances recently. I still personally prefer him through the middle, but then you obviously you take away Drew and Abraham. I've got no worries about either of them. No, and to be really honest, guys, I really haven't either. I think I think... You know, Werner's already arguably getting near to world class and Havertz will be. I've got absolutely no qualms as Joe Cole, who, by the way, is, I mean, I know we're all biased and we love Joe, but he's a brilliant pundit on BT and it's so good to to see somebody, he's so utterly biased towards Chelsea, but he does it in such a, (laughs) such a kind of respectful way. You know, it's not, he doesn't spout garbage like a lot of the Spurs, United and Liverpool and Arsenal reps do. Um, but, you know, Joe Cole said that. He's got no doubt at all that Havertz will be a, a legend at Chelsea if he st- chooses to stay there long enough. And um, there's some really oh, good... I'm sorry. I, 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 I want to go back to the point that JK was making. I'm going to... This is Frank Lampard. In the modern day, there's going to be criticism for every player of a club who loses a game. We should be patient with Havertz from a Chelsea end because he's a top quality talent who's come into this yeah. league. He can play in any position across the front three. He has played on the right countless times before he played for Chelsea, but we have to be patient, particularly with any young player playing in the speed of the Premier League. And bear with me a second while I scroll down to the last bit of what he said. People who want to jump on to criticise should just wait and give the young player yeah, time. Totally. I know the player that Kai Havertz is going to be. That's very redolent of a Harry Redknapp talking about a young Frank Lampard. Yeah. Yeah, 
Bah, brilliant. Scott Cannon, who the hell are you, mate? Exactly. I've got actually talking to which, Tony, you'll love this. Uh, and the thing is, as well, Tony, this is Frank Lampard, who played 100 times for England, who's a record goal scorer, who's yeah. one of the greatest footballers Chelsea have ever had, maybe even the greatest player ever had, one of England's greatest ever players. He knows his football. <laughs> yeah, precisely, he does. And I, I just, you know, sometimes I think we've got to go with the fact that none of us, none of us have experienced that level of football uh, Frank has seen everything from defeat through to glorious victory and, and everything in between. And I, I genuinely think if he's coming out with that and defend the player, we have been guilty before of writing off yeah, yeah, players before their time. And we've only got to look at De Bruyne, you've got to look at Robin, you've got to look at some of the players we've let go who've shone elsewhere and made us look fucking dappy. Yeah, no, t- Tony, no argument there at all. I, I just I wanted to, anybody, I just, hang, hang a sec, I just wanted to draw a couple of, uh, attention to a couple of Mixler comments on here. Uh, because they were really, really interesting about the COVID, JK. Kurt, Kurt and CFC2510, uh, Kurt says there's a brain fog and significant body and joint pain with COVID. Kurt, uh, CFC2510 said COVID can wipe you out for weeks, but I wonder if it scared the life out of him. Now, I have to say that, you know, I know people who have had COVID and have had it really badly who are considerably younger than me, older than Havertz, but younger than me, and it, 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 the effect on it was traumatic. They thought they were going to die. And, you know, the thing is, because COVID's so kind of, you know, all around us and it's in the news every day and everything else, there is a fear factor here. And I'm, and I'm kind of speaking as a psychotherapist here. There is a fear factor that is insidious. And who knows what he's thinking? He might have felt that the same. He reads it in the paper every day. I mean, 80,000 people have died in this, you know. Who knows yeah. what effect it's had on him mentally? So yes. I think we have to be reasonable. Uh, Dane, very quickly, then JK. In a new country, a 20, 20-year-old 20 could feel really alone, as you said, scared. Yeah. Got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's only been here a couple of months. Yeah. yeah. JK. Well, I still don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't get it. If he's ill, he shouldn't be playing. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but that's not the point. We, we said that. There's a difference between the physical. Yeah. He can be physically fit to play. But no, we I don't know, but, know what the mental factor know, is. But, no, but mentally, Frank, they're, they're, they're all about mental, men, analysing people's mental approach to games. If Frank doesn't think he's on the pace, they won't pick him. I would to... love to talk to them about this, wouldn't you? I mean, I would love to really be able well, to sit yeah, down we, with them that, We always make these, these. We always make suggestions yeah. about things based on not knowing what's going I on know, in training. I know, I you know. Like the, the Tamori mystery will go with, will, will carry on with us. We still don't understand what's going on. In the same way, I, I you know, I... I We've all got. Um, we can all see how brilliantly skillful Havertz is. But if to me, if he's not firing on all cylinders, he, Frank shouldn't play him. I don't yeah. get it. It's well, the idea for a book that is what the Tamori mystery. I like that. Anyway, let's move on. Let's get Kenneth Brenner to play. Kenneth Brenner could play Frank. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on. We're talk, talking. Could, could talk... we make? Could we make Tamori? Oh, look! You just put his um, interrupted face on. Look. <laughs> no, that's not my interrupted face. That that's my for fuck's sake Frank Lampard face. <laughs> For fuck's sake! I was, I'm sorry, I was going to attempt to be amusing, but you see, I, I now feel we, we were just talking about how on earth can we empathise with Frank Lampard? We can't possibly know what it's like to be him. Rubbish! I know exactly what it's like to be him. He was managing a team of players, none of whom were doing what he wanted them to do or told them to do, and all doing it in the wrong fucking order. And I know exactly how he feels. But too highly skilled, too highly skilled to drop. <laughs> I don't have any choice. I've got no more wingers, mate. What can I say? (laughs) Bitchy's greedy. (laughs) 
can I even follow that? Um, talking to Frank. Talking to Frank. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I thought his press, as I said earlier on, I thought his post-match press was brilliant. I really do. Um, you know, and the thing about Frank was, I mean, and I know, I know a lot of the, you know, FIFA twenty twenty analytic tactics stats wonks all hate this, but. For me, it is important that I've got a manager in charge of the club who's just pissed off as I am about the fact that we've lost, that we haven't turned. I, 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 I want him, I want him to articulate how I feel, and he did that, but he did it in a very measured way, and it was really frustrating and disappointing for us to lose after such a good wrong run. But I, I, I have to say, and I, he kind of made this point another jab at um, at Klopp in the process, which is always welcome, but. Maybe, maybe that match on Saturday was, you know, it was not. I mean, I hate losing, but maybe it was no bad thing because maybe it will dampen down the expectations a bit. I mean, just just hear me out on this in, in a sense. But I mean, the injuries, you know, this season I think is always going to be an issue for everybody. The squad's not quite there yet. We know this, uh, and I think J- J.K. and I, we, we, we're, we're, and actually all of us were in WhatsApp, weren't we? Afterwards, having a bit of a therapeutic work through and uh, I think I said this to you didn't I JK you know I think we are good enough to win the title but being yeah. good enough doesn't necessarily mean that we will JK no I, I think we've we've debated that haven't we that, that um um I, well I think in the past to rep to reference other great Chelsea sides who haven't actually uh expressed themselves properly when it came to winning trophies um uh, it, it's it's a lot about just carrying on with the same philosophy and uh, and not having people muck it about. I mean, you'd have thought that some of Doherty's side would have won it, the title, and Sexton's side would have won it. And you wonder whether, um, uh, I don't know whether there is a breakdown somewhere. So I suppose I've, I've experienced this a lot, but um, we can watch a team like that and think they're really excellent and... Um, and they don't they don't they might finish third or they'll and they, they seem to be happy with finishing third i don't get the impression that frank will ever accept that and i think he's a very good man manager and so i think we can look at them and think well they should be winning the title this season and i think we'll get very close to it but whereas i didn't feel that before under even viali when they had that opportunity and just somehow gave up and uh, as i said i'm old enough to remember tommy doherty who just decide we're, we're fantastic and somehow he, he managed to communicate to them that he didn't think they were good enough. Whereas I think mm. Frank thinks this side is good enough and that's why he gets so frustrated. Mm. I think uh, I'll jump here, Chidge. Mm, yeah, yeah. Do. Well, uh, it's a fascinating conversation. I saw someone yesterday actually moaning that apparently this time last year we were four points better off. Mm. Right. So we're four points worse off. And then you look and this is this is right as I sit here now. From 13th in the Premier League to first, right, okay, there are eight points. Eight points separating 13 positions. So if we're four points worse off, what the fuck are Liverpool and everybody else then? Because by this time last year, I think we were looking at seven, eight point lead for Liverpool and people were thinking, Christ is looking ominous. Now, I just think it's this is the one thing you get from this is it's far more open and, and than it's probably ever been, right? We're all worried sick about the fact that Tottenham could do a Mourinho shit house their way to the title, you know, by parking the bus and winning games one nil, two nil, or whatever, and then shutting up the shop. 
we know from personal experience that was Mourinho's, if you like, uh, modus operandi. You know, how many times you went to Stamford Bridge, we go a goal up and you think, well, I might as well go down the pub and have a pint because we won this game, right? And I just think that the, the damping down the title talk is good. I would always prefer to be going into the final furlong, if you like, on the neck of the leader. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that I think that I you both make superb points there. I mean, Dane, I mean, obviously chip in on that too. But I, I, I was kind of, I mean, I do stand by this. I think we are good enough to win the title, but you know, whether whether we will win it or not is is still moot and. I don't think with a finished article. I, I think that uh, you know Liverpool and City. Uh, I think I think marginally perhaps with City, but I think they have better squads and they've also you know this is a team that ha- you know Chelsea is a team that hasn't won the title, not with this crop of players. Um, and I mean, don't discount the Mourinho factor at Spurs, or it pains me to say it. But I tell you what, I was reminded of, um, but with the, particularly with the Everton match. You know, and, and Frank alluded to this um, when he talked about failing and passing tests, and he felt that they had failed the test. He was very honest about it. He failed that test at Goodison Park, but he does believe that they will improve and they will pass these tests in the future. And I tell you why I was reminded of in the season that Mourinho won the title with Chelsea in 2005. Remember, a side that had perennially, you know, come up short, but with a, with some incredibly talented players that that, that Abramovich had brought in. You know, there was one match in the, that season that really stood out for me, and it has similarities with this Everton match in some ways. It was the Blackburn away game in February, yes. where we dug out a one nil win, and they battered oh, us. Yeah, well, yes. Robin Robin got kicked out of the game five well, minutes after he scored. Yeah, yeah, he, he scored on five minutes. He was kicked out of the game on eleven. He was uh, out for a couple of months. Right? Yeah, he was, yeah, but he was. but but you know. They they kicked us blue because that's what Blackburn teams do. But they battered us. They had a go as well. They didn't just sit and defend. And that was a real, you know, they, they dug out, ground out, nuggeted it out, got away with it by the skin of their teeth. They got a 1-0 win. Now, you win titles when you do that. And when I see this side start to do that, then I will believe. But they failed in that test against Everton on Saturday. But I think they'll learn and they'll get there, Dane. Oh yeah, absolutely. When you made that 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 comment on, on WhatsApp on Saturday, I totally agreed with you. We're good enough to, but don't think we are going to win it, as you as you said your words, and I, I completely agreed with you. Uh, it's it's easy to get carried away, you know. A similar last season when we went on, I think the eleven game unbeaten run. I remember walking out of Southampton's ground after beating them four one, and so convincingly thinking, "Wow, Frank Frank's Frank's done it so well straight away. Look at us go." And it will be interesting now to see how after so we've had the lot was it seventeen games unbeaten yeah. uh, so we've had the loss and now how the next two or three games play out at the moment I'm still happy uh, I'm content like Tony said I don't listen to all that bollocks about oh we're worse you know stats are there they don't lie and we, if we are four points uh, worse off or whatever but we're not we're playing a lot better uh, there's so much to be optimistic about. Uh, we get those those players back, Zayech and Pulisic, and yeah, I think we're in a brilliant position. But you know, three games down, we could be because oh, it stopped. It, it, it went a little bit downhill last year, didn't it? After that, about eleven game run, mm, it did a bit. It it a lot. Ask a question here: Do you mm. think that uh, seeing how well the, the the potential of the team 
is for playing brilliantly. Do you think that uh, Abramovich might then even buy a, a, another class, world-class player? I don't see yeah. why not. Yeah, because it, he must really be enjoying this. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, think so. <clears throat> I, I think there's a recognition, isn't there, at the club that they're not there yet with the squad. And I think yeah. we would recognise that too. I think it's unbelievably ironic that, I mean, the one area we could have said at the beginning of the season that we were absolutely bang on okay for was in, 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 on the flanks, and then we end up with no bloody wingers. I mean, this just shows you how <laughs> nuts this season is. But, I mean, you know, I think we're a striker short, a midfielder short, and a defender short. I, think, I still think we'll get Rice in January. I think we might. I really do. But, I mean, JK... You, you, I, I mean, it's really interesting to hear what Jack, what, what Dame was saying there, and he, and I, th- I agree with him. It's not, it's not the four nil, five nil, six nil victories that make you think. I don't, they don't, they're not the ones that make me think we're going to win the title. It is those nuggety, horrible, scrappy one nil wins away somewhere really tough. That's what did I tell you? We can make another. I can make another comparison. And I think it was in it was either Mourinho's or Conte's season, possibly Mourinho. But when Fabregas scored the winner against QPR. In that one nil win, yes, yes, that's that was, another example, isn't it? And that was a wonderful goal because it was Green, I think it was, kicked the ball short, and you just knew it was the the best opportunity Chelsea had in that half for Winnick for scoring, and it just went ping, 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 Fabregas in, yeah, and uh, and yeah. I was uh, sitting a mix. Rem- you um, were. That's when Ivanovic a, a uh, picked a fight with KPR, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, Remember? yeah, and. And I took masses of photographs because the players were just right there and had to try and take pictures of Queen's Park Rangers players to even it up. Because <laughs> otherwise a... I was looking very suspicious. I tell you, I've thought of another game as well. Uh, the, the one where Williams scored that last-minute winner against Everton. It might have been an equaliser. I can't remember now. Uh, that would have been Conte's season because I think the one I'm talking about was Fabregas, uh, was, was Mourinho's season, title-winning you're, season. You're, you're right, Chidge. There's a momentum that gets... Results, even if they're draws, even though it's a gritty game and yeah. the opposition is being complete. That's why I was why I was so upset actually, because I I felt that Frank will have been telling them all of this, and they've, they've got enough experience in the side to have experienced this very same way of playing, and the fact that they couldn't elevate their game that's what that's what annoyed me, and I really do hope that they learn from this. Um, that they have to apply themselves more or I don't know um, and he perhaps has to change it perhaps he should learn from that perhaps he has to just try different permutations because whatever was happening wasn't working and we didn't look as if we were in a score um, but uh, but as I say I think the major difficulty with it was 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 this was having given the goal away it just meant that they were absolutely in control of the mm. game um, it, and, you know, it's, it's, when I was just thinking, you know, it's like when Cantona brought you, uh, was brought into United and it, it turned them into title winners. When we brought Mickey Thomas in that that Christmas and he changed our season, you know, you're right. You know, you just sometimes you just need one player who kind of creates a spark. And, It'd be interesting, but go. where would he go if he was a player that they actually, that they thought we need somebody now? I mean, what were they talking about? This bloke from Bayern appears to have... Uh, Alba. Yeah, great. Re- re- well, he's re- a defender, isn't he? Defender, and I know he midfielder. Did, what, therefore, what, what? Why would they? Why would we be buying a defender? I don't get that. Well, I because I think they recognise that, you know, we're, you know, I, I, I think Zuma's done very, very well this season, and I think he gets better and better with Silver. We might get another year out of Silver. Maybe yeah. Gay is not ready yet. Maybe Tomorrow's not ready yet. Yeah. I don't think Christensen's yeah. good enough personally. No, you no, know, no. we we need, that is an area that needs strengthening, undoubtedly. Yeah. Kante yeah. won't last forever. I think Rice is seen as the successor to Kante. 
But, you know, we've got a lot of good creative midfield players, if you think about it. And I'll tell you what's even more frightening. I mean, because of this bloody Prem Predictions League, I'm actually watching far more football than I normally... Because normally I can't be arsed. I just watch Chelsea, bollocks everybody else. But I'm now watching the other matches. And I've, I've caught a few of the West Brom matches, weirdly. Connor bloody Gallagher... Jesus, I mean, he's a, he's playing for a really shit team, but my God, he's a good player. I mean, he's got we got a factor hit him in, and we got Billy Gilmore, mm. you know. So, I think we're well served in certain areas, but we definitely need strengthening. Look, the bottom line is just before we go to the break, uh, is that as Tony was saying, he's got a absolutely spot on here. Tone, we're in fifth, which sounds shit, doesn't it? Mm. If we win, if we beat uh, beat Wolves tomorrow by more than one goal, we'll be top. Yeah, I mean, it says yeah. it all, doesn't it? Um, It's a bonkers season and everybody is kind of bunched up together. Now, uh, talking of Wolves, uh, as I said, we've got a a kind of a special. We don't normally do this on a Monday. Normally me and JK reserve this for a Friday. Uh, But we've got um, an opposition view coming up with the lovely Matt Guy from the Wolves fan cast. uh, And we're going to quiz him about his Wolves and what he thinks about them and their chances against Chelsea tomorrow. The Wolves. I used to call them Wolves. I've always called them the Wolves. Oh, sweet. But there you go. So we've got, we got Matt Guy coming on in a minute, which will be great. And then we're going to do our own version of, our, of the preview. And then we've got emails and we've got Prem Predictions League and all of that. But before all of that, uh, a quick plugette for uh, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, uh, which uh, is working very, very hard at the moment, trying to get the club to listen to, uh, well, listen to us and also to, you know, stop fleecing people with a ticket charge of 75 quid. Which which is outrageous at this time, uh, you know, in this current climate with people being furloughed, made redundant, etc., etc., etc. So th- th- there has never been a better time to join uh, the supporters' trust, and uh, you know, the more people we have in the trust, the louder that message becomes. The harder it is for the club to ignore us. So there you go. Uh, if you want to be a voting member and attend all the meetings, then it's five quid a year. Uh, if you don't want to do that, I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? But if you don't, you can also join up as a free non-voting member. Uh, but if you want to do it, you'd go to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com and they are on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. We will see you in a minute. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, 
No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Football Fancast. Okay, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, of course, with me, Stanford Chidge, and him over there with the banana, Mr. JK, and Dane with the magic microphone. Evening, everyone. And uh, my my old drinking mucker, Mr. Glover. (laughs) How you doing, fella? I'm all right, mate. Now, um, it is now time for this. The Opposition View. That's right. An Opposition View on a Monday night. We don't often do it on a Monday night, but there's a very special reason for doing it, uh, because we're playing Wolverhampton Wanderers tomorrow night on Tuesday. Uh, and no better person to talk to about this than the, uh, the lovely Matt Guy, who is from uh, the Wolves fancast. Uh, uh, stable mates of ours, Matt, in fact. <laughs> Yes, very much so. Thank you very much for having me on. It's nice to be able to return the favour from when you uh, came on for us yeah. last season. I'm, I'm surprised. Was he, you... good? Was he any good? Was he good? <laughs> good value. Very good value. Oh, good, good, good. I was going to say, I'm surprised you got any listeners uh, after me being on. But um, Now, here's the thing, Matt. Um, yeah, we are stable mates. Of course, we are both fan casts. We both, uh, you know, kind of football fan casts, Snap Media and all of that. I mean, we've been we've been there since the beginning. I, I, I presume you would have been there much the same time. Now, you, you you've also I, get, I could be wrong here, but you've also won uh, best podcast at the Football Blogging Awards, haven't you? Uh, a few years ago, that was yeah, before my tenure, sadly. So that's not on my footballing CV. But yeah, the podcast been around over ten years now, four hundred episodes in and and counting. Really, not not too far off five hundred actually. Good man. Uh, with all of the Europa League antics last season, that bumped our podcast count up quite yeah. a bit. So here's here's the thing. We are the only two fan casts to have won the best podcast award at the Football Blogging. Very good. So Very well good. done. I like it. Esteemed company. Well done you. Right, uh, enough of the back slapping. Um <laughs> first thing I want to ask, I mean, I have to I mean, JK and I as JK will no doubt tell you ad infinitum in a minute, but we we kind of secretly got a soft spot for Wolves. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know this because I remember when I was on your show I told you about that the only relative or tenuous relative that I have ever played football kept goal for Wolves when they lost 1-0 to Spurs in the FA Cup final. Right? Okay. Yeah, I'm sure I, maybe I didn't tell you. So there you go. But anyway, we've both got a soft spot for Wolves. And, and I've also got a soft spot for Nuno Espirito Santo, who I think is a very good manager. Mm-hmm. But Wolves' form this season has been up and down like a flaming yo-yo. It must be doing you, you know, doing your head in. Here's the thing. He's changed to four at the back this season. Do you think yeah. that's been problematic for Wolves this season? I don't think it's been problematic such as it is a victim of victim of timing and circumstance. I mean, we had Connor Cody uh, unable to play due to COVID restrictions, which kind of forced Nuno's hand. But I think a change in tact was needed. I think you very much... I mean, look at Sheffield United this season. They've been found out. No two ways about it. If you don't adapt, you are going to get caught out. And I think Nuno wanted to change things around. However, I, I don't think that four at the back 
is necessarily disadvantage uh, being disadvantageous for us in terms of defending. And uh, apart from two four nil shellackins that we've had at the hands of West Ham and Liverpool, it's further up the pitch that's our issue. And four at the back as opposed to five gives us more attacking options, you'd think, than uh, than five. So I don't think it's really been too much of a negative for us. But had you been found out, though? I didn't know if you'd been found out. You seem to be playing fantastically well towards the end of the season there. I think I don't think it was a case. I, I think it's just a case that Nuno's very aware that you can only you can only roll the dice so many times doing the same thing. I think uh, he yeah, did, get you. needed to mix it up and it hasn't it hasn't helped getting rid of Jota though, has it? Who's a fantastic player. My goodness. Uh, well, man. no, it hasn't. Not at all. And and the slightly concerning, potentially furiating thing is if you believe what what has been um what has been said about it, that's actually a, a choice, not a, you know, this isn't a case of being Southampton and being a feeder club to Liverpool. This was by choice. He doesn't <laughs> fit into the, um, into what was the vision of how we're going to play. Oh, how interesting. Wow. And you think, you know, you see how he's playing now and, you know. He, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember uh, when Liverpool bought the two best players. You remember Billy Wright, mate, let's be honest. Hey, mate, Billy, but Malcolm Finlayson. And that's not Malcolm, is it? What's his name? What's his name? The Finlayson. I, I, I loved um Wolves in 1960. I'm that old, mm. and I bought a wolf shirt. Very and in nice. fact, a question I was going to ask you: you Just, was, just my, think, Matt, he could have been one of yours. Oh yeah, well, my, my dad wouldn't let me. You got away with my one dad, there. Well, my dad, my dad realised <laughs> got the lay of the land and took me to Stamford Bridge. And we lived up the road from. We lived in Kensington, so we're only up the road from Chelsea. And so he took it, but he thought he actually said to me, "I wouldn't go to the Midlands. Why do you want to go to the Midlands to watch a football team? So when you've got Fulham, Fulham and Chelsea up the road." And he had a point, of course. No, my point, what I wanted to make was, was uh, which I always make this, I don't understand the old gold colour. Was It's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal shirt. Mm-hmm, it is steeped, steeped in history, that shirt. Wolves are a great historical, traditional side. And I love it. I love the away colours of white, white and red and white as well that they used to have. Yeah, I, and I, I loved it. it. I absolutely loved that. And I don't get this yellow. I don't get it. It, 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 it destroys the history that you've got. It's such... A seminal, fantastic attraction. Matt, he has been going on and on <laughs> and on about this all bloody season. Please put him out of his misery. Well, it's, it's funny actually. So last season's shirt um, was such a like a. It's going to go down in history now as one of those iconic shirts for us because of our Europa League campaign and and all the, all the good things that came with that. But it's so off kilter from what we've had in the past. It's virgin on virgin on sunshine yellow, but it's um, it's, it's Watford. It's you know it's mm-hmm. not it's mm-hmm. it's not it's you've it's got not old this gold. No, but you've you've got you've got something that is absolutely unique, and I don't get it. Why why go? Oh, we'll have something bland then. What? I'm sorry. Let him answer then. I want to know. Well, well, to, I mean, I'm still in. I don't know if you've seen our away shirt this season. I'm still in a state of shock now. Uh, uh, to be fair, I'm, the, I'm a bit of a football traditionist in terms of like design. I don't want anything too flashy. I don't want anything that's going to, you know, stand out too much in a crowd. I think Wolves now, especially building their brand over China, like we've got a, a club shop in Shanghai. For Christ's sake, I mean, that's when you think about <laughs> ten years ago in our history, oh, that's something that you wouldn't ever believe. We have like a fashion line in Shanghai and. That, that, those two things just seem so bizarre of each other. But you are right. I mean, the football history of our club 
you've only got to go to the um the museum inside the stadium which is which is excellent really really good if you ever do get the chance to come down when all this madness is over and, and see it i'm sure is a... it's a great away walls matt it, and that's that's, mm-hmm. that's such a sadness that we can't bloody go because it's a great stadium which uh, i'm i'm fond of that's for sure i've i've, I've just seen your away shirt <laughs> I, i'm i i Honestly, I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> nah, you know, that, it's, it's on a par with our Crystal Palace kick. Yeah, well, that, don't let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, Matt, you'll be lucky. If it's owned by the Chinese, they'll be having a red kit scene before you know it. Oh, bloody to... hell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, I don't know if you saw our third strip, which was uh, very Portugal-influenced. Yeah. Which, um... Yeah, but I don't mind things like that. I mean, because people, oh, yeah. people give us a hard time about this weird kit we had in the 70s, the Castrol mm-hmm. GTX kit. Uh, which was a was was yeah, but that was Dave Sexton's homage to to the great fifties Hungary team, and we actually had an away kit that was also red and uh, red red shirts, white shorts, with the uh, red and uh, green socks. So it does look, happen. Yeah. Matt, back look, to, look, look, look. Oh, well, look. there we go. Yeah, we. I, I would tell you a funny story about this, but I'm not going to because I'm going to go back to the football. Um, J.K. mentioned uh, Jota, uh, you know, being sold, and I didn't realise that it was because he didn't really fit in. But, I mean, not, for, well, obviously you've now lost Jimenez for a while, which I think mm-hmm. is a massive blow, certainly in the way the way you play. I mean, the first thing is, how is he? I mean, J.K. and I are actually sitting together uh, at the match where Gary Cahill, uh, you know, clattered uh, uh, Ryan Mason. And, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, you know we, we like a bit of aggression and naughtiness in football, but I sat there you know quite bewildered it was it was awful it was one of those moments in football you just know that's awful so I kind of know what it's like in a way so I mean how is he is he okay yeah so um I think I'm not going to say define medical you know medical expertise or anything but he's been back at the training ground he spent time at our Compton training ground again this morning had breakfast with the team his father's come out and said that he, he will play again and he's it's just a matter of time now and that's you know just unbelievably good news for 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 Wolves fans and you know the the actual reaction from the footballing world has been a real positive as well you know everybody bar you know your morons on Twitter have been universal in their mm. wishing well wish you know wishing well for um, for Al Jimenez and I dare say we need him back ASAP but we don't you know you can't rush these things you physically cannot you cannot do it but what's this new kid like who I was I would imagine Silver isn't it who I who I presume was bought really. You know, because uh, you felt that Jota was surplus to requirements, and he was the the, the, the future. How how good is he? Well, I mean, there's definite potential there, and it def- and I don't think in anyone's wildest dreams did uh, or Silver certainly wouldn't have thought he was going to be a first team player this season. Um, you know, minutes in his whole professional career have been a bit of a premium, to be honest. Not mm. just at Wolves. He, th- there's a player there, my overriding concern, and I said this on the dissection after the Villa defeat, is that we seem to still be playing the same style as if we've got a traditional number nine target man, Raul Jimenez up front, where Fabio Silva is not that player. Mm. You can tell straight away, just in his style, he's not that player. He prefers to sit a little deeper, receive the ball, spray it out, and then run in, you know, run in behind. Raul Jimenez is not that player. Mm. Um, and my concern is that What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing and expecting a different result? That's kind of what I think is going to happen at the weekend. Uh, sorry, tomorrow mm. against you guys. Well, before we get into that, Matt, I mean, I just want to talk about Nuno for a second because I said I, I like him actually. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, he was being talked about, um, you know, I think either before Sarri 
or after I can't quite remember but he was being talked out talked about in connection with the Chelsea job for a while mm-hmm. and, and it, you know a lot of Chelsea sports were like no 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 we'd we'd have that actually now you've had a funny old season so far you're in 13th you won five you've lost five you've had a couple of thumpings I mean I would imagine you know I I, I can't imagine Wolves fans being fickle like a lot of us are I mean, we're not very fickle fans for Chelsea, but I know that there are plenty that are. Mm, mm. But I can't see can't see Wolves fans being anything but 100 percent behind Nuno, right? Apart from yeah, apart from the, the you know the vocal the vocal minority as it is with all of these things. You, you mean know, the, the ones oval, on Twitter? Of course, faceless, nameless <laughs> people on Twitter. Usually. Nappy shitters, um, as Tony calls them. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Well, you know, apart from that, the overwhelming majority is still with Nuno, but understands that changes need to be made and there is nothing wrong in questioning sometimes the, the decision that he makes however the over you know post west ham for example where we where we took a thumping he changed things around took you know took it back to basics let's look at what worked against liverpool we much expected the same against villa take out nelson Semedo for getting he's a professional footballer and giving away a penalty for a moment we you battered them we had more shots on top. We, yeah. we did. We bowed them for, for want of a better word. I mean, I, di- I didn't get into it at the time on our podcast, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it here either. But Mike, the Mike Dean show very much took took a hold of that game. It was awful, oh. awful um, referee. We've all been there. Absolutely. And yeah. and so I, I don't actually think the alarm bells are ringing between the Wolves faithful. It's just that we understand that, you know, so, some things are out of our control in terms of our... 60% of our goals have come from Raul Jimenez. Take that away. There is going to be teething issues. Um, and some patience is needed, like it'll lump it, unfortunately. Mm. All right. So you kind of were talking a minute ago about tomorrow night, which is really why you're here. How do you see it going from a Wolves perspective? Mm. Well, <laughs> defensively, I don't think we're we're in a bad shape, generally speaking. You know, we, we prior to Liverpool, we had uh, plenty and plenty of clean sheets. A penalty that shouldn't have been in terms of not the penalty itself, but a foul on Podence only moments before. That's a clean sheet apart from that. I don't fear defensively Wolves, you know, have many areas in us. One thing that does concern me is the fact that Nuno decided not to play Willy Bolly against Villa. I don't think there's a team in the land who would pick Cody over Bolly if they're really being realistic in terms of purely defensive player. What Cody offers in terms of a, a, an attacking outlay is great, but that only really works when there's three centre-backs. It doesn't work when there's two. You can't be that marauding third centre-back when, you know, you've only got one behind you. Um, I really, really like the look of Chelsea this year. And I mean, prior to, to Timo coming in, I've got a serious man crush on Olivier Giroud. He's one of my favourite players. <laughs> I think he's absolutely excellent. And it would break my heart if he scored against us in play. Um <laughs> I, 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 he, he was shackled I, I, at the weekend. Mina mm-hmm. completely shackled him at the weekend. It was interesting. Mm. I just I feel like it's going to be a very much a battle of attrition because I think we are solid defensively, and while it seems to be all or nothing with Chelsea, looking at like some of the results, you either put put three past the team, we put nothing past the team, mm-hmm. and I do think it'll be a bit of a battle of attrition for, for the first goal. The first goal will make that game. That's a terrible cliche, isn't it's it? True it's though, Matt. Oh, no, true. it's very true. Oh, I was- I was going to just jump in here and say that my biggest concern about this is the fact that you've just you've lost your last two games, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, I'm I'm a man of science and logic until football comes along, right? And then science and logic gets thrown out the window, and I look and think, you know, 
our Wolves is the kind of team that are going to lose three on the bounce and you don't fit into that category. You're not like a Sheffield United or Burnley or someone like that. And and that's what worries me because that's exactly the sort of team, you know, that's lost two on the bounce that we would trip up against. It's, it's a banana skin, in, in my view, or potential banana skin. Now, the only thing that, that kind of counters that is the fact that, you know, we took a punch on the chin on Saturday against Everton. So, you know, it, it's going to be an intriguing one tomorrow night, I think. Yeah, I mean, Frank really has Nuno's number, if you look at the games yeah. last season. I mean, the 5-2 that we took was uh, last season was probably the most convinced, the most convincing defeat we had. I mean, the two goals that we that we scored were very fortuitous. They didn't, they were flattered. They flattered us, really. Um, my, my concern there is are Chelsea just one step beyond us and a bit of a bogey team for us. But Nuno absolutely will do everything in his power not to lose that game. He won't do everything in his power to win it. I could, I could tell you that 100%. And, and he, can, he can take a leaf out of Carlo's book on Saturday because, you know, mm-hmm. the way Everton set up against us, they disrupted us, they spoiled the game, they dis- disrupted they the rhythm. Cheated, yeah. cheating bastards. Well, you know, look, we said earlier on, JK, that we've seen Chelsea do that plenty of times. I have no oh, problem with a shithouse win, I'll be honest with you. It's up to the referee to sort that out. Yeah, and they're not good enough anymore. Well, they're well, not. They're not I don't know who the ref is tomorrow. Actually, I'll, I'll have a look while I'm waffling on. But yeah, I mean, I I could see, I could definitely see, you know, Nuno uh, doing that again. It's Atwell tomorrow, the referee. Doesn't oh, really well. matter, does it? They're all shit. Let's be honest. Anyway, yeah. Winifred. Oh, Winifred. <laughs> Sorry, JK will get that. Reference. Yeah, you will. You really will. <laughs> Matt, we're going to nail your yeah, colours. Yeah, yeah. We're going to nail your colours to the mask. What's what's your prediction? Russ Conway, Russ Conway as well. By the way, is that Sorry. a prediction, JK or Russ Conway? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just checking. He, he, he did T for two. Yeah. I think he did. I'm, I'm, yeah, my life is enriched sure. knowing that. Knowing Ma- that, yeah. Matt. What is your prediction? My heart wants a. Uh, 89th minute Fabio Silva winner, but my head says uh, say, says a nil nil. To be honest, a boring a boring Tuesday night fixture. Mm, okay, well that'll be interesting. Dane, you you raised your hand. Yeah, I just want to ask Matt a quick question about Chelsea born Kilman. His uh, mm-hmm. his road to the uh, Wolves first team and the Premier League is extraordinary. Uh, but he's gone a bit off the boil recently. I'm back on the bench. Why is that? Yeah, I, I don't think it's for want of trying either. Um, I'd be incredibly frustrated if I was Kilman because I don't think he put a foot wrong, really, in terms of I think he is a victim of this um, this formation change because Cody is seemingly undroppable. Um, and that keeps me up at night is the idea of a big physical striker like Olivier Giroud on um, on Cody because he cannot handle that kind of player. He didn't handle and, Tammy last year very well. No, not at all. Um, and Bolly, it's very much a mould of a similar player, big, strong anchor of a defender. And, you, and I say he's undroppable. He was dropped. Um, and, and But Romain says has done nothing to deserve dropping either. So he's just a victim of circumstance. And it's a shame because there is an excellent footballer there. Um, it's, it's extraordinary that that you look at all the the, the non-league teams he played mm-hmm. for, who you loaned him out to. Wow! And to just go into play Premier League football with Wolves after that background is amazing. Because I think he did get let yeah, go well, quite a few Va- clubs. Vardy did it, didn't he, so, Dane? Vardy, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, time is absolutely on Kilman's side as well, and I, I just hope that he's given the chance to do, you know, what we all expect that he can do, and, and not have to then take a take a drop down on a loan or something like that. Mm. But I can't see unless we revert 
two, three slash five offensively or defensively that he's going to get game time with us. And that would be a shame. And I do feel personally that we need to go back to that formation for various headaches, such as Nelson Samedo, uh, <laughs> for one. Better as a wing back rather than a right back. Absolutely. I mean, defensively, I I'm amazed that Grealish didn't put him on his ass. to be honest. Yeah. Uh, he did well. He did well, surprisingly. I I'm definitely not part of the Nelson Samedo fan club. Put it that way. Matt, I've got uh, one more thing that I wanted to just talk to you about, actually, because I was impressed when I saw this on your Twitter feed. But uh, you've teamed up with the Walls Foundation to talk mm -hmm. about mental health. Tell me yeah. tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, prior to my tenure on the podcast, uh, David Evans, um, he had put together a few episodes about mental health um, that was really, really well received. And I, at the start of lockdown, went on an episode um, to talk about kind of lockdown and how we, how we, that affects mental health. And we started a new series of the It's Time to Talk series. And Rachel from the Walls Foundation came on to do like a, a new interview and talk about their Head for Health program, which helps people in the community with their mental health and, and just getting conversations happening. And it was very important for me that we did a show on mental health <laughs> that didn't alienate people. A lot of football fan base are... 40-plus-year-old bald men who love 10 pints of Stella on a Saturday afternoon. You try and talk to them about mental health in a way that you're talking about doctors and the medicate, you just they're going to tune out. So the con the conversation was very much uh, like a chat in the pub kind of conversation, talking about our experiences and just getting the conversation going, really, because mental health, like in Olympic, is there in everybody. It is a spectrum. Everybody has mental health. And I just think that as as media outlets we have a responsibility to uh, for the people that listen to to make people aware of some of the pitfalls in people's mental health at the minute yeah well matt I th what, that's a wonderful thing to do well well played yeah, you matt. guys i mean i can't say too much about it at the moment but i can tell you that the chelsea sports trust is actively working on a on a mental health project at the moment mm -hmm. but i can't say anything about it because nothing's been sorted yet but it's in somebody who is out there you know preaching the gospel as it were and helping people out in mental health gets my heart heartfelt thanks and applause so well done you guys something no, we should it. do on here maybe one week you know maybe mm. that's something we oh yeah do. i mean i, I think uh, matt's put it very eloquently there and um we're, we're very blessed on this fan cast um and when we meet everybody in the cock as well you know before the game it's a pub, but, by the way matt in case yes yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah if you ever hear us talk about pre-match cock is we're having a beer all right but it, it is this you know we meet people from from all walks from from all countries as well who listen to the fan cast who come on and, and whatever um and and we're very fortunate in the fact that everyone is i, I guess of an age group who who you know of of experienced this at some point in the past and aren't worried about talking mm -hmm. about it whatever but i take your point you know you go into a pub where there's you look at the rest of the people in the cock you would sit there and say to somebody some of the groups in there let's have a chat about mental health chaps you're gonna get you know a, a, an ear full of banter exactly 100 percent, 100 percent. you know so, uh, so i think it's, <laughs> it's a great point and and we were talking earlier on actually on this about you know we were talking about kai Havertz and the fact that he's you know he's a are very strongly defending the fact that he's getting over COVID and, you know, a footballer is, you know, footballers don't as a rule say to their boss, I'm not up for this game. I don't mm -hmm. feel too well. Yeah. They're pressurised. They've got a price tag on them. They often didn't set or they rarely ever set themselves um, and will go in 
Um, and you, um, you know, you're starting to see this stuff with, with some of the younger players. And I, I think it's football itself has got a great chance to pick up this mental health um, uh, baton, if you like, and, and run with it and make something, you know, very big about it. Uh, and and I think it's it's been a missed opportunity to date. And playing things like this, the fan casts and all that, great places to bring the subject up and and and, and bring it out into the open. Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't agree more with you. And I think football does have a responsibility. It's something that's seen by billions of people across the world to do that. So, you know, best of luck. I hope um, in the future I see that you guys are doing something else as well. And I'll be, be sure to listen in. Yeah, good stuff, Matt. It's a real pleasure speaking to you again. I've obviously I've enjoyed, you know, being on your your uh, fan cast as well. So hopefully we'll hook up again sometime before the end of the season. What will be lovely, Matt, is, you know, when, when Wolves come down to Stamford Bridge, when we're all allowed back in, if you come down, you, you're more than welcome to join us for a beer in the cock. It'd be great to see. Oh you. man, that, that that'd be that'd be tremendous. Thank you guys, and really enjoy your, your work as well. And good luck. Yeah, cheers, po- man. Post Tuesday for the rest. Yeah, well, of the I wish you all the yeah. luck in the world, but not tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's later, guys. Thank you. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Brilliant well, stuff. Cheers, Matt. Like there Matt. you go. That's uh, Matt Guy there from the Wolves fan cast. Uh, some brilliant stuff by Matt there. What a lovely bloke. And, yeah, what uh, a lovely bloke. Yeah. I've always enjoyed yeah. being on their show, so it was nice to kind of reciprocate. So now it's our turn. It's Hooray! our turn. Hooray! So who who do we think is going to start tomorrow, JK? Uh, I don't think Havertz will start. Um, I think we will give Pulisic a go. From the and start? Might, yeah, well, I've... I've... I don't know what option he's got. I mean, yeah. Um, not going to change it round, is he? He wants to keep on playing the same way. Uh, and well, we keep getting this wrong, don't we? We keep we were, we were suspecting that Giroud wouldn't wouldn't play the other day, and he did. We thought he'd come on against Krasnodar, and he didn't. Um, uh, I know. I think he'll persist with Giroud, and um, uh, I would suspect he'd. Uh, I would hope he would play if, if if Pulisic is doing all right in training. He'll play him from the beginning. And uh, and possibly put Werner on the right, um, in which case he can then accommodate Giroud. But uh, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how they are um, from a fitness point of view. I think we're we're guessing here too much. Well, so. we are. But I mean, it is complicated by the the the, the question mark over um, Pulisic, the question mark over Havertz for form reason. But I I just wonder that there is another option. I, I, you know, it's really interesting talking to Matt, actually, isn't it? Because we do get a bit of perspective on things from their end, which we don't know about. And I wonder if Nuno, who is a smart, smart, smart cookie, and as Tony was saying, they will not want to lose this match. He'll settle for a draw, but he won't want to lose. And he'll have seen what Carlo did to us on, on Saturday. And I could see them trying the same thing. In which case, because they've got some hairy-ass centre-backs as well in Cody, and if he does play Bolly, that would also do the job. Maybe there is another option, and the other option might be to do what we were talking about earlier on, which is to try and play between the lines, get on the shoulder of defenders rather than be pinging balls in all the time. So maybe you get Pulisic on the left. Maybe you get uh, Werner in the middle playing as a striker. He might play Andrew in. He could play Anjurin. He's a possibility. He played really well against Krasnodar. But, I mean, even if the worst comes to the worst, he's played Mount on the wing before, which would allow Havertz to play in midfield with Kovacic and Kante. So, you know, we do have those options. But I, I, I suspect you're right, JK. I, 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 I would not be surprised to see him play either Giroud or Tammy up front. Maybe Tammy and Werner and Pulisic up front is a, perhaps a better option against the tide that are going to try and defend. I don't know. What do you think? 
I don't know yeah. what I, I can tell you what I don't like is when Tammy's been on the wing the last no that's just nuts one, he come on the bit off the bench Everton and when he started the the previous game I think they brought he, he went up to the wing as well and put Giroud through the middle I know he played a lot of youth football there he used to interchange a lot with Vizzy Brown on the wing but uh, yeah I really don't like that any surprises Tone Are you have you been selected can you reveal well um, I am a silky smooth talent um, dodgy hams, uh, though. Yeah, dodgy hams. So I tend to sit. Uh, you know, I'm I'm almost that. the appearance of dodgy hams. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit ballot like <laughs> awareness know, like, of I, I, an I, awareness I'm of on the ball. I can stop the game. You know, I can play the players in. Uh, I've given up trying to beat the geek, the guy who plays in goal up on the team opposite us because he's fucking fantastic. He is, um, and I just haven't got the rifle shot anymore. But uh, I I I think I, I I've got a feeling he might start with Tammy. I think. Scored, I, I, scored I a hat trick against them last season. Yeah, I just suspect that he's still got that Villa um, thing going on. You know that that kind of um, I want to you want to beat Wolves. You know he's uh, Wolves. Are they a wounded animal? No, that's probably a bit too strong. But they, you know, I, I think their confidence must be a bit shakier. And Tammy has got pace. Um, I, I think I'd be inclined to go with him and then have Giroud there as a. You know, okay. 20, 25 minutes to go if we still need something. I, I suspect I'm with Matt, and I'm I'm close to closer to a draw. Um, with neither team wanting to lose, Wolves would be happier with a point than us, I guess. Yeah, well, I but think you're right got, there. I think you're right the there. Big game, we've got the big game the next night, of course, is Liverpool Spurs, which, of course, a draw would suit us perfectly. Yeah, if we well, get a draw. So, yeah, but you say that. I, I, you know, I think we need to get back on the bike, mate. You know, because we could lose this match quite happily yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think no it's marks. more about. I think it will be more a game of Wolves not wanting to lose um, the, the, than us probably settling for a draw. But we've got and, some. You know, when you when you when you when you've lost two games on the bounce and you've lost three out of your last five, as they have, um, you know, it, it's about steadying the ship and not losing. Yeah, it's that, not about you know. I don't think they'll be thinking about getting on well, the bike against us. This is my worry because. I think this is a big game for us tomorrow, and I think we really have to try and win it because we've got we've got West Ham coming up on Saturday. West Ham, who remarkably enough, actually, because we're going to talk to them on Friday. Actually, my mate James, they're in sixth. They are in sixth position. They're only two points behind us, and this is nosebleed territory for West Ham. We've got them on uh, a week today. Then we've got Arsenal. Now, okay, Arsenal are an absolute dog shit from what I saw yesterday, but you cannot, you cannot ever, you know, Chelsea, Arsenal's Dunk a massive Derby. match, yeah. Then yeah. we've got City, right? Yes. And then we've got Villa, who, you know, are, I think, on their day capable of beating anybody. We've got a tough run of horrible Christmas fixtures. We don't want to be going into the West Ham match on the back of two defeats on the trot. I'm, I have to say, chaps, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a draw in this. Because yeah. I don't think either side dare lose this match for both for separate and also quite similar reasons, JK. Yeah, I don't think so. I think we're going to win. Yeah, five nil. Uh, just the two this okay, time. Okay, just the two. Caution, caution, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dane. Yeah, I think we're going to win, but I, 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 just, I can't predict. You know, you get some supporters who go to games and they bet against us. I don't understand that. Oh, if we lose, at least I get something out of it. It's fucking stupid. No, I, I, I always see us as winning. And, um, yeah, I know it's blue-tinted, but I can see us uh, winning 2-0 or a comfortable 3-1. Uh, mm. Probably wrong, but... 
This is why you two are languishing in the bottom of the Prem Predictions League, by the way. Tony, what do you reckon, mate? You, 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 my guts are saying draw, I've got to be honest. I think yours are too, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are. I think, you know, not a not particularly high-scoring draw, 1-1. I don't think it'd be goalless. I don't think either side has got the... Um, uh, I, I just don't see either side being too, that scared that they're not going to try and, and get something. And I think we've, we have got some pace we've got a lot of very talented and 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 our ball play not unlike Everton let's take that game out of consideration but you know other times our ball passing ability and the way we ping it about has been absolutely frightening and and of course Wolves will be concentrating very hard on stopping that pretty much I think like JK said like Everton who you know they'll they'll, they'll want to spoil it they'll want to they'll want a team of Makaleles out there tomorrow I think um, as dogged as Everton, now in with a four at the back, they were quite with that three in the wing backs last season. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, the, I think are they are they tier two? So will there be two thousand fans in the ground tomorrow yeah, for them? I think so. Um, I mean, it's ending for us, isn't it? Because of tier three, but I think uh, I do I do think um, that Wolves, as Chid said earlier on, Nuno is a very very Wiley manager. Didn't they um, do a job on us two seasons ago? Yeah, yeah I think they did. They and did. I think picked our they pocket were... twice. Twice. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I no just once. What... Just once. Oh, it, I think one. it was nil nil, was it? Two one up there. Two one up yeah. there. And I, I just think he's a very wily manager. And, and you know, um I, I just think he would he'll have just taken he'd listen to this and gone, fuck me, what these got an insider. They won't <laughs> want to lose. Um whether they've w- without Jimenez and you know um, I, I don't know have they got that t- the one player that they've got and I don't know if he's even playing at the moment who scares the shit out of me is Traore yeah he'll be playing, he is playing yeah. M- Moutinho's out because he's he's suspended so yeah. that's good because he's right. a, he's one of their best players yeah. come on then Tony 1-1 one, one, you reckon is that what you're yeah, saying one, one. yeah one, one. I mean I'm tempted you know my, my head says yeah it might well be but I have to say you know one thing in consideration you know, against Everton, we had what I would call, you know, we hit the post twice and Zuma, you know, perhaps on another day would have scored. So although we didn't... And yeah, and Giroud, exactly. And, you know, so although we although we didn't have many chances, we had good enough chances to score. And I think the reality is we're a very hard team to stop from scoring this season. And I don't think Wolves have got, you know, without Jimenez and Moutinho... And of course, Jota. They, I don't think they're that that threatening up front. I could eat these words, couldn't I, on Wednesday morning? But I, I really don't think so. So, whilst I, I think it would be very logical to predict a draw and a one-one with Tony, I wouldn't be averse to that. I could see us, I could see us winning, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two-one, a cautious two-one. Okay. So anyway, all will be revealed tomorrow. Uh, right, J.K. Have you, uh, have you been swilling honey and brandy and? I only do that when I'm going to shout. Do you wish me to shout? No. I tell you what I do need you to do. We need to rattle through these because we're almost into overtime. This one is possibly half an hour. Yeah, I know. It's, it looks worse than it is. Trust me. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to uh, do my... Um, no, just do it as you normally would, JK. Even <laughs> C's, Reed. Do it. Know? Do it as you... It's Christ Your alive, mate. You're repossessed if you do, keep, do not keep hang up repayments. I've just realised that... that <laughs> the, the horror of it. It's two. It's two. It's three pages long, mate. Yeah. Y- yeah. And what are you saying? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Off you go then. Here we go then. 
<laughs> It'll just be me listening to it. Well, you'll you'll have gone home, all you lot. You'll just you'll have stopped. You'll you'll set up an alternate um, an alternative uh, um, fan cast. I'm reading I've this. I've got and me nuts at the ready, mate. All three of you will just disappear, and there'll be another Zoom uh, meeting. I am today. going for a gentleman's break. Exactly. Yeah, you go off. Go off. Go go off, go, go for a jog. I'll stay with you. I'll stay with you, J.K. Or eating your nuts. Eat your, nuts, nuts yeah. your nuts in your mouth. Again? Yeah, again. <laughs> I'm going to put this centrally, okay? Here we go. I'm going to read it very slowly, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to read it as if I'm slightly pissed. How's that? This is that like kids in that video? Who's it from? Who's it from? I don't know. Matthew... Matthew Zafonzo. Matthew. <laughs> yes, okay. All right, Gerding Malloyne's here. It's from Matthew Defonzo. Hello, mate. Ditchidge, JK, esteemed guests. They are, of course, Dane and the the uh, the um, the grocer himself, young uh, young Tony, uh, and fellow attendees in Mixolo. It's lovely to get for them to get a shout out as well because they don't normally. Hope you're all well. Very well, thanks very much. My name is Matthew. I'm 26. I've listened for about two years now since you were about 24. During Sari's reign, I was in desperate need of soul searching and answers to my Chelsea woes, and like a balm to a burn, ooh, the Chelsea fan cast was there. Cheers to all of you. That all you do and give back to us. I've yet to make my nascent voyage to the bridge. Ah, oh, this is good writing, Matthew. But when that day inevitably comes, pints on me. Mm. I'll, have, I'll have a cappuccino with uh, rice milk. At this point, I could wax lyrically about my love of Chelsea and how that love first came about. But in the interest of keeping this as short as possible, I've written six pages. No, sorry, I'll save that. I'll save that for the. I'll save that for the end of this email and pose the question to Chidge as to whether it gets included or not. This is the smallest font I've ever seen. The purpose of this email is to evaluate the current squad now that we're almost a third of the way into the season. Do with it as you like, chew on it, read it and move on, exclude it altogether, call me a fucking numpty, whatever. Can we reserve that until after we've been through the email? But it's hanging there at the moment, fucking numpty, okay? okay. Goalkeeper Mendy, he's been a revelation. It seems Petrachek's judgment is just as good as his shot-stopping ability. I wouldn't be surprised if people start mentioning his name alongside the best in the world come the end of the season. Mendy's brought much-needed confidence and stability to the back line, though we know he can't take all the credit. James, right back. The potential is startling. Physical, intelligent, pace, whip a ball in. There's almost nothing this kid can't do. The biggest thing working against him is his inexperience, which can sometimes lead to a lack of positional discipline. Possibly, but he's improving all the time. But that's the kind of thing that can be learnt and taught in training a whole lot more easily than those other attributes. Centre-back Thiago Silva, simply outstanding, barring letting a ball roll under his foot. I've seen a decent amount of him in Champions League matches and Brazil internationals to know he's good, but I didn't know he's this good. Silva's experience has brought poise to our defensive unit. Not only has he plugged gaps at the back, he's pretty handy on the ball as well. Centre-back Zuma, clearly a fine player in the making. His aerial dominance makes it so hard for opposing teams to launch it into our box or up to the halfway line. Two areas of work, though, passing and positioning. Mm, bit of a negative there. Left-back Chilwell, I remember Ron's rumours breaking the Chilwell story last winter, a teasing insight into Chelsea's summer business. He did mention it, but then the, when the price went up to 80, Ron, Ron in fact said, no, it's not going to happen. 
but then it did. Not much needs to be said here. He's absolutely outstanding. He seems to get on really well with the lads, which is important. Um, uh, CDM, Cadbury's Dairy Milk. Kante, <laughs> he took some time to recharge his batteries. Now he's back to his very durable best. He's also back to playing as a shield for the back four, breaking up play, winning the ball back like the Kante we all know and love. Perhaps the only truly established world-class player in our squad. Good to break that. Uh, central midfield, Mount. What I love about Mount, he always plays with a smile on his face. He absolutely loves the game. He loves Frank Lampard. He loves this club. He's always up for it. He does the dirty work. He works incredibly hard. He can run the channels or move the ball on in midfield. I'm really pleased with all of Mount's game. I can't criticise him. But if I try to look really hard for a chink in the armour, I'd say his youthful temperament could get him in hot water if he comes up against a shithouse footballer. Well, came up against a lot of them and he didn't... Uh, didn't um, crack. Um, central uh, something or other midfield. Central cam. Yeah. Attacking midfield. Havertz. He hasn't assisted modifications. Yeah, thank you. He hasn't hit the ground running, but he's shown glimpses of immense. Of I'm pissed again. Of his immense quality. My worry with Havertz is he hasn't got used to the pace of the Premier League. Seems to dwell on the ball a bit too long. Conversely, my hope with Havertz is he'll adapt and raise his game. We all hope that. He's very young, clearly very talented. We agree. So as long as he's managed properly, I know he'll come good. We agree. Patience is Kai here, dare I. Patience is Kai here, dare I say, smiley face. Um, right wing, Ziyech. He's a wizard with a wand of a left foot. That's a song. He's a wizard with a wand of a left foot. Incredibly intelligent in attacking areas. He's always looking to unlock a defence. Every time the ball ends up on his foot, I get excited because he's capable of that special pass or shot, which only he is capable of seeing. Oh, the true wizard. Uh, ST, central what? Central? Striker. Close to striker, not central. No. Central tournoi. Uh, Giroud, perhaps the only player other than Kante that can potentially lay claim to being world class. So Silver's mm -hmm. pretty near that. He's shown his quality time and time again. He can't press like Tammy. He's not the type to slip in behind a high back line. But the hold-up work he does and the goals he brings are invaluable. There's possibly no one better for a young striker to learn from. We must keep him in the winter transfer window if no other reason than being the most handsome man in the Premier League. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> anyway, uh, left wing, Werner. He has pace to burn and a great eye instinct for goal. Probably our most dangerous and direct attacking threat this season. Obviously, he needs to work on finishing a bit. I heard somewhere that in, in Germany, they used to say he needs five chances just to score one. Well, I think we're seeing that. But I'm not worried about that. I think he'll be one of the best forwards in the Premier League in no time, if not already. Goalkeeper, Kepper. I'm just going to come out and say it. I like Kepper. I feel for Kepper. I wish it had gone differently for him. I hope he's able to rehabilitate his career either at Chelsea as a top-class backup. He's not going to want that. Or first choice at another club. That being said, I never liked how short he is for a goalkeeper. And I'm glad everything led to the signing of Mendy. Uh, goalkeeper Caballero, solid third choice. Plenty of Premier League experience. He's played for some top clubs. It's good for Mendy and Kepper to train alongside him. Right back, Asby. No surprises here. We all have Asby. We all know he's second choice now. Great player to have in the locker room and on the training ground. But we all know his days at the club are numbered. He's given a lot to this club. I'm sure the club will be honest with him and respect his wishes. 
whatever they may be. I think his wishes will be carry on playing and just stay there. Centre-back, Rudiger. Rudiger seems to be the first choice off the bench if either Silva or Zuma is unavailable. This disappoints me as I'd rather Christensen or Tomori. Nah, because I think they're better. Nah, and we'll be at the club longer. Nah. I've never been a massive fan of his. He's solid, but he's not going to take us to the next level. I expect him to move on soon. Centre-back, Christensen. He's had promising performances in a blue shirt, has generally done well. Unfortunately, he can't seem to get out of his own way. Whether it's a wayward pass or rugby tackling Mane, there always seems to be a talking point around his performances and not for the right reasons. He's a decent player, has a lot to improve on if he wants to have a future at Chelsea. I thought you liked him earlier. Uh, Centre-back Tomori. Here we have our greatest enigma, the mystery of Tomori. That's my line. Um, what, the hell is, what the hell is... Exactly, played by Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. And who's playing the others? Tony, uh, I'll, I'll work that out later, mate. Okay, good stuff. Is there? Well, who's the game? We, 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 a... we need Ray Fines in there. Yeah, and there yeah. needs to be a girl as well. Would that be um... Helena Bonham Carter? Helena Bonham Carter. Exactly. What I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're pros, J.K. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on with Tamori? I doubt anyone outside the club knows. Clearly, Frank knows something we all don't because each time he played last season, I thought he looked great. I definitely yeah. rate him over Christensen. Yeah. He can be miles better than Rudiger if he yeah. got a long run of games. As I said, Frank must know something we don't, and in Frank, we yeah. trust. Left back Alonso, second most handsome player in the Premier League. I'm, I'm intrigued as to where this is going, actually. <laughs> Tottenham's deadly assassin, a quality player, but his legs have gone. There's no great place for him in Chelsea's current system, as we know how exposed he is when deployed as a left back. A solid squad rotation player, but he's getting older and it may be time to get a few million pounds for him. I think they'll just sell him in January. I think he's uh, he's absolutely out of um, selection. And Emerson, the squad's second greatest enigma. Well, he's just not very good. Um, there was a lot of talk about him wanting to leave, yet here he remains. According to Ron, Ron's rumours, he wanted to leave... Uh, 14 months ago when he plays I'm gen genuinely pleased with his performances are we watching the same matches young man uh, in the, is this player we all wrote off actually going to be part of this long term Chelsea project I'm not sure I really hope not I tell you but I think he's a very solid backup to Chilwell no he's not anyways uh, central midfield Jorginho Sarri's son the pantomime villain the guy's proved a lot of us wrong uh. I'm really impressed with Jorginho and he's won me over. His limitations are pretty clear, thus his role easily defined. An obvious inability to screen the back four or track runners back means there's no place for him in a high tempo game like the one against Leeds. But against the side that's going to sit in and let us have 70% possession, he's a dream. A classy professional, a positive voice in the locker room from all accounts. He's earned his stay and I'm glad to have him. I think the trouble is, is against those teams, actually. He... he if they do break quickly, he's not quick enough to, to pick them up or follow them. And I don't think uh, he's got a future at all. I'm sorry. Um, central midfield, Kovacic. Thank you very much, Real Madrid. Kovacic is a classy player. Agree. His ability to pick the ball up in our half and glide past the opposition's midfield is hazardesque. I wouldn't go that far. He has incredible ball control, really solid ball retention, an all-round solid footballer. If we're going to be a top side, we have to keep players like him. He's the type of player you see on the bench and say, Wow, he's very handsome. Sorry, no, no, no. wow, Chelsea's depth <laughs> is scary. Um, I'd like to say one thing about him as well. Yeah. He looks like a hitman. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't spill his pie, Chidge. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> he looks as if he's got a. He should be called Kalishnikov, shouldn't he? <laughs> um, central midfield: Gilmore, young prodigy, lots to be excited about. After the likes of Mountain Zuma and Tammy and CHO have been brought into the side for a couple of seasons now, Billy Gilmore is the youth on the bench. I want to be careful with Billy, though, as I feel like his career could end before it even begins if we hype him up too much. I think Frank feels this too. Left wing: Josh McEachern. Yes, hey. Uh, Pulisic, Captain America, perhaps the best American to play the game. It's still Clint Dempsey for me right now, but that could easily change if Pulisic continues to develop at the current. What about Alexi Lalas? <laughs> yeah, and what about um, <laughs> who, who was the goalkeeper, the brilliant goalkeeper? That, Tim um, Howard. Uh, no, the other one. Only Miola. Didn't, uh, didn't Tim Howard have Tourette's? Casey Keller. Bradley Casey Keller. Keller. No, not Keller. No, the one who played for uh, um, Spurs and Blackburn. And, um, was, yeah. Brad Friedel. Brad Friedel. Yeah, Friedel. By the way, I thought Dempsey was fabulous. I watched I watched Fulham a lot that the year that they got into yeah, the um, he was very good for fight and he was brilliant for them. Absolutely yeah, brilliant. Really good player. Um, being an American, there's extra pressure on Pulisic to deliver the goods. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't agree with that at all. No. I don't think why I don't think his 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 nationality has any... extra pressure from Americans. Yeah, from Americans. From Absolutely. It's not from anybody in this country. It's we... the ones I said earlier. They just followed a player, not the team. Yeah. 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 We just think he's great. We think he's a great player. We, we, we're really disappointed he's injured. Um, there are really high expectations from all Americans every time he's on the pitch. I think he's proven himself to have a great natural ability and knows for goal. Let's hope the management can get the best out of him, as I really don't think we've seen the best from Pulisic yet. Well, if we haven't, we're going to see a fantastically marvellous player because we've been seeing some bloody good performances from him. Um, but no, I, I think he's unfortunate with his injuries. Uh, um, striker, Tammy. Tammy's a phenomenal young player with incredible potential. For him to be doing what he's doing at his age is remarkable. Still plenty of areas of his game to improve on. Everything I've seen so far leads me to think he's going to be a top, top striker, not only at Chelsea, but England as well. Kane is obviously first choice, but if Rashford is going to play out wide, Tammy will compete with Vardy to be England's second-choice striker. Vardy doesn't play anyone for him. Um, right wing, Hudson-Odoi, very similar to Tammy. Phenomenal young player with incredible potential. There's more for Callum to improve on than Tammy, but I believe we have several world-class players in the making. He's one of them. He can serve a ball in. He, ser he terrifies defenders when he runs at them. At this moment in time, he's a far cry from William, who held down the right wing position for so long but I believe he can go on and be better than William ever was. I would have to disagree with you there. I think uh, his potential is great, but I don't think he's, uh, he's showing it particularly. And uh, I think he's got to uh, raise his game a bit, young, uh, young Hudson-Odoi. Uh, Frank Lampard, manager. Frank has been excellent since his appointment, considering this is only the beginning of his third season as a manager. He steered us to fourth, secured the Champions League after losing Hazard and having a transfer ban. He guided us to the FA Cup final, where we were ultimately undone by one man and his blistering pace. He gets the identity of the club. He loves the club. He loves the fans, or should I say, and the referee in the FA Cup final. He loves the club. He loves the fans. He's the perfect fit for so many reasons. Just And just like so many of our players in our squad, he's young, world-class talent in the making. Yes, And I just will say one thing about Frank Lampard. If anybody gets the chance, go to the BBC iPlayer or Apple Podcasts. There's an interview that Eddie Hearn does for him called No Point, No Passion. And it's about three quarters of an hour with Frank Lampard. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And if you ever want to hear what he thinks and how he regards his position and the luck he's had being given the Chelsea job, this is the one to listen to. 
and he expresses himself wonderfully, Frank, doesn't he? He's really, yes. really, uh, and honestly, you come away thinking this is a very honest man. There's really no, no side to him. Very watchable. Anyway, yeah. And thus rounds out my first trimester squad analysis. Chelsea are a club poised for sustained success in the future if our current tra trajectory holds true. Direction. Uh, I beg your pardon. <laughs> direction. Yes, if our current direction. Holds it's easy true. for you to say. Yeah, very easy for me to say. An indicator of just how good the club have done. I think it should be has done. Actually, thank you. An indicator of just how good the club, how good the club have. Uh, uh, anyway, um, over the past over the past five years is oh my god is oh god Arsenal and United. It's right though. We we could easily have ended up like either of our top four rivals if our ownership was complacent. Instead, we've doubled down on success, pushed towards a bright future by investing in the squad and suffering no fools. Well put. I love this club. I'm loving every moment of this journey we're on. I can't wait to see what the future holds. Cheers to everyone that's made it this far. Hope to chill, sir. This is now Matthew. Well, he's got a little bit of a history of how he... Uh, we could we could save ah. that for later. So it's an addendum. This is yeah. this well. He's referring to himself in the in yeah. the third person here. No, let's do this now. All right. My love, my love for Chelsea started as an unusual journey, which begins before I was even born, and started with West Ham United. West Why are you telling us this? It all happened back in the mid nineteen eighties when my father was playing football during college at Brandeis University in Waltham, Massachusetts. It's probably Brandeis University in Waltham, Massachusetts. My dad played for the college's varsity team. And one summer, Brand Brandeis and West Ham did an exchange program. For six months, three beep players, Brandeis players, went over to London to train with West Ham. One of the players to go to West Ham was my dad's very good friend, a goalkeeper named Jim Le Leahy. During Jim's time at West Ham, he became friendly with Frank Lampard Sr., and whom did Jim frequently see running around the training ground as a young tot? None other than the young boy who would become Super Frankie Lampard. What about Scott Cannon? <laughs> <laughs> so when Jim I'll, returned, I'll told him it's Brand Ice. Brand Ice, thank you. Well done, Brand Ice. Brand Ice. Brand Ice University in is is at Waltham, Waltham, Massachusetts, or Waltham? Waltham Forest. Wolfie, yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Brandeis. I do apologize. Brandeis. Bra yeah, anyway. Um, so when Jim returned, he naturally shared all the stories with my dad and his other mates. And thus, most of the guys took a liking to West Ham United and Frank Lampard Sr. There was no EFL on American television in those days. So that was just about the closest connection any American could have to the English game back then. Well, fast forward 15 or so years, and Americans have greater exposure to the Premier League and would check in on the latest happenings in England's first division. Well, reading the headlines one day, whose son does he read leaves West Ham for Chelsea? None other than Frank Lampard's. My dad tells me all this. So there I was, a boy the age of six or seven, with a team to watch and a player I felt I had a connection to. And the rest, as they say, is history. Well, Matthew is in is in Mixler tonight, listening is, <coughs> to this. And he, he has concurred that it's Brandeis. It is, Thank and uh, I can concur that it is the longest email we've ever had, Matthew. So well done, and all I have to say is, oh my God, you've killed J.K. 
<laughs> I think you might have finished the old bastard off. That's incredible. We've been trying for 10 years and you've done it in one very long email. Now, brilliant email, mate. And uh, JK, utterly superbly read. You are such oh, a professional. You. Oh, Now, okay, I don't know how you're... Living now, listen, chaps, board meeting. Um, I don't know how you're feeling. I mean, we've got another... Five emails to read out, a quick prem predictions, scoot around, and then the outro. How are you feeling? Actually, yeah, go on. I've, I've been in spoken to um, the, the my better half. And Hel- said, Helen's uh, given permission. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> As have the dogs. JK, you can have a bit of a rest while I read a few Hang emails. Hang on a moment. Just let me have a chat. Should we carry on? I don't know. Shall we? Uh, uh, I've got a bit of doubt here. Hang on. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, carry on then. No, it's okay. Okay. It's okay. JK, there's I, nobody I, really I, there, mate. I, I... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I know. Is it is it Jim the imaginary rabbit or something? <laughs> yeah, no, he, no, are you friend. Jimmy Stewart by any chance? <laughs> Harvey, isn't it the rabbit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's Dirk. It's Dirk, is it? Yeah. Dirk wears white socks, apparently. Anyway, Dane. Yeah, I'm good. All right, so there we go. I'm Chidge is not going to bed tonight. It's not like I've got nothing to do tomorrow. I've only got a full deck of clients all day tomorrow, but of course we can. we'll carry on, mate. We don't wimp out. Right, this is from Simon Crew. He, we know Simon. Uh, and he says, Hi, Chidge, Jonathan, and legendary guests of the week. Uh, they are, be, they are, they yeah, are. That would be Tony and Dane. Uh, must say, I loved Monday's fancast for obvious football-related talk, as always. However... Even more so for the sporadic ACDC references mentioned throughout the show. You could almost say it was a 21-gun salute to both Chelsea and rock and roll, which are my two favourite things in the world, so both being combined was awesome. And for this, we salute you. Quite right. Now, that brings uh, me on to something mentioned a few weeks ago. Obviously, it was incredible to hear fans back in the stadium for the dirty Leeds game. What a result, by the way. And all the Clarente jeers had me dying with laughter. Well done, everyone who was luckily there. However, I'm still yet to hear the amazing tune I believe that you had thought up for Tiago Silva, which was uh, in the tune of Hawkwind's Silver Machine. As you said, we never really had a classic rock tune for a player. Therefore, hearing this being chanted would be just incredible. However, sorry, hopefully this can come into uh, fruition soon. And I will certainly be singing this at the top of my voice as soon as I'm back at the bridge with the faithful. Fingers crossed 2021 is our year and hopefully see all you, you all back in black at the bridge and the cock in the very near future. All the best, Simon. Great email, Simon. I just have one thing to say. Uh-oh. Hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on. There is there is already, there's at least one that I know immediately. And that's na 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 Matic. Matic. <laughs> yes. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah Deep yeah. Purple, Black Knight. Yeah. All yeah. I can say about that email is, is I'm, I'm, I'm thunderstruck. Oh, very good. I thought it might have been a touch too much, but actually it turned out all right. Did I ever tell you, Chidge, that I went out with um, Tom Robinson's sister? No. Oh, I did. Amazing. Yeah, just thought. I'd did you have it. Did you have power in the darkness? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> you, you beat me to it. You shouldn't laugh at your own jokes, but that was very no, good. I... <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Sorry about that. Very, very funny there. Very good. Very oh, good. bloody hell. Akshay. Very good. This Akshay shout. This is a serious one, by the way. So you, okay, you, I'll, put you my, warned. I'll put my serious voice face on. Okay. <laughs> um, hi, Sir Chidge, JK, and esteemed guests. My email may be a bit of a buzzkill, but I couldn't keep it in any longer. Oh, 
and was hoping to have That's some That's a buzzcock, not a buzzkill, JK. I'm so sorry. I'll read that again. Uh, I was hoping to have some engagement on this topic. I'm very uncomfortable writing and talking about it. I haven't seen anyone else do in the Chelsea sphere, so I figured I may as well give it a shot, namely JT and Anton Ferdinand. I think we, we didn't really mention it just because we thought it was a, just a pile of old poo, didn't we, most of us? Anyway, now, as we all know, Anton Ferdinand's documentary came out recently where he talks in detail about the abuse he received from JT, eventually regular uh, people and media, and how it impacted him and his family. It was not a matter of conjecture because JT was caught mouthing the words fucking black, but the context wasn't known. I cannot for a second believe that JT is actually a racist in the sense of the word we take it to mean. He obviously doesn't denigrate people of colour or think they're inherently lesser or any of that. A man who shared dressing rooms with players from all around the world, whom I'm sure counts Drogba and Ash Cole are one of his closest friends, isn't a racist. There's such a thing as unconscious or sub subconscious bias, right? Because if JT had called Anton simply a it wouldn't have caused a furore. The black part of it is what caused all the animosity and probably understandably so. We saw a similar thing with the Romanian fourth official in the match of PSG versus Basekia. He pointed the assistant manager of the Istanbul pointed out the assistant manager of the, of the Istanbul team as the Negru, which is the Romanian word for black. But again, he could have just said the assistant manager or pointed him out. If it was the manager who was being aggressive, then he would have just said Istanbul's manager, not the white guy. We know words have power and perhaps our unintentional stroke subconscious bias just comes to the fore sometimes. I'm by no means perfect either and have had to intentionally check myself. I absolutely love JT, and like millions of other fans, JT and Frank were my favourite players. But this incident still bothers me because it feels like instead of us acknowledging and saying that, yes, JT probably made a mistake, got caught up in the heat of the moment and said something which wasn't cool, we pretend like nothing happened. And that goes the same for JT, who didn't respond to Anton's request to be interviewed for the documentary. I think JT missed a great opportunity to close out the chapter for good and show that growth and change is possible for all of us. Anyway, sorry for rambling on and for what I know won't be a great discussion point. I am by no means looking to mar JT's legacy at the club or my love for him. But football legends are people too and people sometimes make mistakes. Maybe if we and he accept that he made a mistake and changed and grew from it, it would help all of us. Please let me know your thoughts. Very excited for this Blues team and our potential seems sky high. Keep the blue flag flying high. With much uh, love for your opinions, work, and love for everything, Chelsea. I'm just going to jump jump in here and say that I, I think I might I might shove that into next week's podiumship because it's going to be a more generic discussion about football rather than just a pure sort of match focused one like this. This this one tends to be. Um, I watched that documentary, and I tweeted pretty much similar things, um, and I don't think one mistake or one thing said in the heat at the moment makes you a racist it was a racist comment but that does not make you you know a a racist per se and jt has done plenty of stuff before and after that um to uh to to prove that point okay so this idea that he's some sort of idiot walking around with a kkk hat on is ridiculous what i did think was that in john terry's defense he he was taken to court right he was found not proven guilty or whatever the verdict was in a court of law 
He was punished by the FA. Okay. He had his name plastered everywhere. And to be honest with you, I think he just wants to put it to bed and let his actions speak loud on that. So I kind of, I get hit the point of why he didn't respond because it's basically raking up something that happened nine years ago, right? And it's almost because somebody somewhere, and I'll call me what you want about this, but this all smacks a little bit of um, Rio in the background finding his brother some TV work, raising this as an issue, okay? Um, we all know there's still an ongoing problem with racism in football, but in all seriousness, I quite, you know, if if you've been tried, found guilty, even or not guilty, but found guilty by the FA and punished for it. Why on earth do you want to keep revisiting it every time someone in the press or the media or the TV wants to rake it all up again? So I, I kind of see why JT said I'm, I'm not responding to it. He, he could have done that privately, but he didn't. He chose to air him texting and emailing JT on TV publicly. Um, it's a fate of compliment, I'm afraid. Uh yeah, I mean, we could talk about this for an hour yes, and a half. Yeah, but I just it, needed to get that off my chest. No, no, because no, well done, Tony. It's a very serious issue. Um, but I love JT and I love Chelsea. But I mean, you know, the reality is he was wrong. He did make a mistake. I think he'd be the first to say that. Um, and there's no getting away from that. You can't hide away from racism. And, you know, no matter how, how you know, miscommunicated or act, or, or kind of error strewn it may be racism is racism i thought the the um the incident with psg last week was i was in a sense i think we were all very much with denver bar at that moment i had to kind of have i had a weird chat with a with somebody i know very well funnily enough yesterday about this who couldn't understand the concept of look i, had, I said look if this was a white person you wouldn't say oh the white person over there would you you know, and this this happens too much. I, what I would say as well, we do have something that people people will have heard of, which is which is unconscious racism, racism like unconscious bias, and it exists, people. And if I'm afraid you're brought up, you know, in in Britain, white doesn't matter whether you're middle class, privileged, or whatever. But if you're brought up as in Britain, white, you know, there is a there is an unconscious racism that that happens. I'm afraid it's as simple as that. So there you go. But, you know, as, J as JK said, uh, sorry, as Tony said, JT was punished and, and, and in, in a sense, in some ways, paid the price for it. Now, as the as far as the TV documentary goes, I also have an interesting perspective, having been a TV documentary producer and a director. And I have no problem with JT telling him where to fucking sling their hook on that. He, he You know, it was nine years ago. He, you know, it's pandering to entertainment. When it's on TV, it's entertainment. News yeah. is entertainment documentaries are entertainment. I have been in the position of a director being told, you have to direct this to instigate as much tension, drama and jeopardy as you can. They don't give a fuck about the reality of it or the, or the cause or the rights and wrongs. With it. it's, about, it's about eyes on the programme. And, you know, I think, I think, I mean, Anton Ferdinand, I mean, I can't imagine ever what it would be like to be in his shoes as a black guy, period. I can't imagine what it would be like to be in his shoes as a black guy who has been racially abused in the most foulest terms on the pitch. But I have to say, I think he's been manipulated and used, whether by his own volition or, or not. He has, because that's what TV does. And, I, and I, I hold my hand up here as somebody who has manipulated people on screen for money. That's how it works. So for JT, JT to avoid that, I have no problem with that. And I have an element of sympathy for Anton for allowing himself to be put in that position, to be honest. So there you go.
I felt there's always been a huge amount of manipulation in this because Anton and he were good mates. And, yeah. and I felt that this was just a reaction because he had a go at him on the pitch, which is well known for saying, you know, you've been shagging somebody's best friend or something. And it was like blokes on the playground coming back. And the worst thing he possibly could have said, JT, was, was what he said. But at the same time, it's in the middle of a football match. You know, they're not, they're not bears of great brain. And uh, the fact that it went this far, considering they were mates... I found absolutely peculiar. But that's where the unconscious racism comes from, J, uh, J, uh, JK, because if, if you're in a stress moment, you go on your primal instinct. And yeah. if, 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 if Anton was white, J, JT may have said, you're a fucking, you know, F and C, yeah. but he yeah. wouldn't have said, you're a black F and C. No, indeed, indeed. Which was, which was awful. He shouldn't have said it. No. But at the same time, you, I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I find that forgive, forgivable, but because of the situation. It's, you know, it's big professional games of crowds shouting at you and you've just been abused. Well, I mean, you know, and, and all right, that came out, but you just want to go. But they're mates. What's going on but, here? Why has this become such an enormous but, thing between them? But this is a good point, J, uh, JK. I keep wanting to call you JT. JK, this is the good point about the forgivableness of this. Because, yes, we all make mistakes. Sometimes we don't understand why we're doing what we're doing. So the key to this is to educate people and to make them understand why it is unacceptable and why it is wrong. Not to just, you know, um, obliterate people for it, lock them away, kill them, punish them, call it what you will. Because we will not move forward as a society and we will not eradicate racism until people really understand why why it happens and what goes on and the impact that it has so actually you know we need to think about it more in a restorative way rather than just a black and white no pun intended uh, punitive way and that's the problem but you know this is not this is not bbc4 so or radio 4 so we'll leave that to the podding shed which is very much the radio 4 of chelsea podcasts you know, you know that girl they have on BBC Four, that Alice girl. You know, uh, what does she do? She does the history. I really fancy her. Anyway, right, Nanny Yaboa. Okay, we got more emails. Hi everyone. It's the coincidence. It is a coincidence. Chelsea has failed to win at Goodison since. Uh, 2017. Ancelotti, even in his double winning season, didn't manage to win this particular fixture, I'm just saying. And he got sacked, obviously, Nana. Today's performance was below the standard we have set for ourselves this season. Our passes were poor. I won't single out any player because that just uh, that does little to help. None of our forward players look dangerous. Giroud couldn't win 50-50s. Werner was just running out looking for a ball to find him. And Havertz got to some fantastic attacking positions, but it is either he was late to shoot or his final pass was just too poor. Mason Mount could not impose himself on the game like he had done in previous games. I put it down as a bad game. The Goodison Park curse came back to haunt us. Not having any natural wingers did not do us any good either. Let's hope Frank can get them back performing better on Tuesday. It's a tight turnaround, but if we want to be a good team, we have to go through adversities like this and learn from them. I hope we win against Wolves and hopefully we can get Pulisic back on the field. No more awareness of his hamstrings, please. That was brilliantly... uh, um, kind of, you know, te- uh, telegraphed by you there, Nana. We, we've been talking about awareness all night. Thank you, fancasters, for your for the work you do. We, the listeners, truly appreciate your work. Keep up the good work. Nana, Michigan, US. I think we've covered everything in that, JK. Yeah. Good mail. Good, good, um, good summing up mail. Alice we, Levine. We can deal with these well. I like having these kind of little mails dealing with something in it uh, instant. And also the big mails as well. They're really, really mm. interesting. Sorry, Tony. 
Alice Levine. The history one. Alex is that the Alex girl? Levine. Is that her name? Alex Levine? Yeah, I think it is, yes. Is that... No, I don't think it is. I'll have... Are you sure? I'll have to look her up in a minute. Pardon the expression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stalk her like you do all the others. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Get on with it. <laughs> I want to go to sorry, bed. We shouldn't be laughing at that. It's not true in the slightest. Um, uh, <laughs> Jeff uh, Crane. Jeff Crane. Jeff Crane. Crane. Crane, Crane, Crane. Jeff Crane. Uh, hey, Chidge, Mr. Kid. Hey, I like that. And the rest of the gang. Uh, that's Tony and Dane. Hope everyone's doing all right. We are doing all right. It's Jeff in China. I have a decent little Sunday morning tradition with my toddler son. Mummy gets some sleep while we watch the Chelsea replay. Kickoffs are often 4 a.m. No, he's not not that into it. I put co-op conditioned him to like the blue team. Whoops, that backfired today. For Christmas, he's getting his first Chelsea shirt. Is it this season's or a previous season? Is it a retro or a classic? I settled with Kante as Pulisic wasn't available in his size. Oh, okay. Happy oh, holidays, right. Chelsea fans. We don't say that over here. Jeff, I'm sorry. We say happy Christmas. Um, so we lost. Drab just for today. Never mind. I said because my local MLS Seattle Sounders are favoured to win the cup today. Lost 3-0. Damn, wasn't my day. No doubt you'll be giving Rhys James his due credit. What a beast. But what to do about Aspi? We just won't play. I just feel it's wrong to keep a club captain, if he still is, on the bench for most competitions. I resented how Sarri froze out Cahill. JT was a bit different, as I think he was injured most of his last season under Conte. What's their plan for Aspi? What's Aspi's plan for Aspi? Who would be Rhys James' understudy if Aspi left for more playing time? I don't think he will leave. I think I think he's happy to be because he played in the Krasnodar game and he realises that uh, he'll have moments in part of the squad. They'll all change round because of injuries. A pal who used to play football with me here in China is a big Everton fan. We once saw Tim Cahill, good player, score a penalty for Hangzhou. Hangzhou, Greentown. Anyway, he does a podcast with some Mank friends. It's entertaining and northern. I got a bit ruffled when they called Timo Werner dog shite early on, as I would too. But what I couldn't shake off was one of them recently saying Chelsea fans are convinced Pogba is heading to Chelsea. That's just completely fabricated bollocks. News to me. Please dispel this at once or tell me why the hell that would happen. I can't make sense of it. It won't happen. It's never happening. Because also we demand 350 to 400,000 pounds a week. For what? For playing in the playing in the reserves or not playing? He doesn't he doesn't fit it anywhere. That's just absolutely made up. Written too much again. Not at all, Jeff. No. <laughs> not compared not, to Matthew. <laughs> it's not for the time difference. I'd definitely be lurking on Mixler for the live broadcast. Cheers, guys. Glad some of you are making it back to the bridge. Yeah, but that was probably it. Jeff. P.S. Forgive my ignorance. Some stage I need the inside scoop. Why celery? Oh, Maybe it deserves a segment on a future episode. I'll tell you what, Tony, stick that on the agenda for the podding shed. Why What's celery? That? Why yeah. celery? Why celery? Okay, why yeah. indeed. Uh, Jeff, lovely to hear from you, mate. Always is. Uh, I suspect we've been on the air so long now that you've woken up wherever you are in China, and it's now you can, yeah, you can now listen to it live. Morning. Uh, anyway, you're, all, you're all of you, all of <laughs> all of you, with all of you with a with a kind of a, a nervous disposition can be relieved to hear that this is the last email of the week. So there you go. And it's from our old mate Bobby D, Rob Delcini, uh, from uh, from from Melbourne in Australia. He says, "Hi everyone, I have a message." Some people may take note and others may stick to may stick two fingers up at this, but it's a message to those 
who may defecate in their nappies at every bad performance or not so favourable result. Up at Chelsea, or us at Chelsea, support whomever wears the blue, and I won't be listening to the person who spends all day on their couch eating pies, drinking fosters, and thinking that they are an expert. Kai Havertz is class, but hasn't had time to settle this season. A bad dose of Rona, injuries and no pre-season has not been kind to him. Give him a chance! I'm a hundred times happier than last year and a thousand times happier than the year before. So calm down, relax and remember that we are Chelsea and we are the best. We are the Chelsea, so fuck all the rest. All the best. Take care, Bobby D. You didn't actually say fuck all the rest there, Judge, did it? You just added. (laughs) Me never. (laughs) Would me embellish? Me never. May I say I love that. A bad case of Rona. Bad case of Rona. (laughs) Bad case of Rona. He's got a bit of Miley, mate. You heard the Miley one? No, what's that? Miley Cyrus. Coronavirus. You got the Miley, mate. Got the Miley. Yeah. All right, we're done. Apart from this, uh, Prem Predictions League, uh, I am staring at three members of the Premier Predictions League, which is causing... It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But it's it's <laughs> infuriating. It's like golf. It's infuriating at the same... It's the most infuriating thing I do every week, but it's m- madly addictive. Anyway, I can tell you that in the League of 31... Uh, a certain Mr. Jonathan Kidd is still... Oh, look, you do this deliberately, don't you? Just to, just <laughs> I do. <laughs> Jonathan... Sneer at me. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan <laughs> Kidd managed to accrue minus one points this week, and he still sits bottom of the league. <laughs> bottom of the <laughs> league. Say it again. Say it again. Bottom of Wait. the league. Yeah. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah. On 148 oh, points. Yeah. But not much better than JK is the right reverend... Uh, Rubbish at predictions, Tony Glover, who got <laughs> My- minus 32 this week. Uh, although he's he's 101 points above JK in oh, 29th, yeah, 29th place. So in my defence, Chidge, in my defence, I joined and I missed the first three games of the season. Me too, me too, me too. He's not mentioning that. No, uh, and I will say this: I won last week. Well, I didn't win the overall thing, but I scored more than I think anybody else Did last you? week. No, you didn't, because you would have been on the on the current uh, the performance of the week. Well, I must have come second then, because I, <laughs> I scored a whopping 108 points or something like that last week. 107. So, yeah. Actually, you did. Was it? Yeah. yeah. So, somebody scored well over that last week. Anyway, yeah. you're 29th now. The real enigma of this is is young Dane Whittle, right? Dane Whittle is second in the table for spot ons. Now you get 50 points for a spot on. That's basically if you predict three one and they win three one, you get. Dane has got 14 spot ons, but I think clearly. Everything else that Dane predicts around that is an absolute <laughs> bag of shit, because Dane Dane is lang- he, Dane is actually twenty third. He, he's gone up a bit this week, uh, so he's he's okay. He's not doing too badly, certainly compared to the likes of Tony and J.K. Goodness me, uh, but it's amazing. I mean, there's only one other two people that have got more spot ons than Dane, and they're they're in the top ten. So it's bizarre how you managed to do that, Dane. Now, Mark Meehan, the housewife's favourite for the league, uh, he's dropped down this week. He's now in 21, 21st position. Uh, he got 18 points this week. Uh, now, uh, Mr Chidge, me, I've been having a real tough time and been kind of in the lower quarter of the table for far too long. But I, I fought back inside of a slightly fraught week where I was 
not getting any completely right and getting a lot wrong. But thankfully, I had the genius to stick a pin. I literally did this. I stuck a pin in Newcastle to be my bonus club. And the bonus club is where you get bonus points if the, 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 they score the quickest goal of the weekend. So my cup overrunneth with joy when Newcastle put the ball in the onion bag on the, after 19 seconds. So Hitch, that, yes. Why are you 47 in brackets 32? Because that, I got 32 bonus points. This is what I'm explaining you, Wally. Oh, that, no, it's not, I'm not a Wally. You didn't, you didn't say that. Because you, if you'd have waited, you would have found out. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, here we go. 32 points I got for Newcastle scoring. And I did. I literally shut my eyes with the computer screen here and just went like that. Because I thought there's no point of playing any logic to this whatsoever. Anyway, it did me all right. So I've moved up the table. I'm now 18th. And Martin Wickham and Marco, who have got intelligence, as we both know, uh, are uh, are duking it out for the fan casters. Marco's in 13th. Martin is in 14th. Now, Joe Mingola has been the leader throughout the entire season. The man is an absolute genius. Although... Uh, he got less points than me this week, although he still retains his place top of the table with 1,109 points. However, the performer of the week, who I was having great fun talking to in Discord this week, or this weekend, is Supreeth Manava. Supreeth, astonishing. He got 122 points this week. But the best thing about Supreeth's performance, he got he got spot-ons for Arsenal-Burnley, excuse me, Palace-Tottenham, and Leeds West Ham. He did brilliantly. So he got 150 points for that. So well done, Supreeth. You're in seventh, uh, but you are our performer of the week in the Prem Predictions League. Now, don't forget everybody who plays. You've got to fill them in tomorrow because we've got all these midweek fixtures and they count as well. So there you go. Any, anything to say, boys? Done, mine. You're not talking to me anymore for being so rude about you <laughs> JK's thinking about it. While he's thinking about it, I think it's time for us to say tatty bye for this week we've been long overdue it's over two and a half hours so it is time to go uh that is all we've got time for this week now jk myself and clayton what do we call clayton jk is the housewife's choice yes it is the housewife or the housewife's favorite or something uh but anyway choice is good i like i like that yeah clayton the housewife's choice we'll be back on friday at seven o'clock to review the wolves game and have a look ahead to the west ham game which is next monday in our preview show we'll have james jones from the west ham podcast on with us as well for the opposition view and then next tuesday we will see you next tuesday we're not on on monday because that's when the west ham game is so we'll be back on tuesday and jk and i will be joined by martin wickham and clayton again to look back at the west ham match and ahead to the arsenal match we get a double dose of clayton how lovely uh, now don't forget to look out for the went to mo king's meadow podcast with our very own dean mears and jane chapel uh, as they discuss the Chelsea women's team in the podcast distributed on the Chelsea Fancast. That'll be out tomorrow night after the game. And, of course, Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. Uh, talking of which, uh, one of them is uh, CFC Blues, who have an app where you can get all your favourite Chelsea podcasts, as they so eloquently put here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Uh, now, uh, thank you to those of you who have signed up again for Patreon. Brilliant. More and more of you are doing this. It's so lovely of you. We really do appreciate it. 
uh, and it's easy to do uh, to become a Chelsea Fancast patron. Um, helps us to cover the cost of running all the shows we do and hopefully carry on doing that. So do feel free to donate anything you want. There's no pressure. I mean, there's no tiers. There's no extras for this and not extras for that. Pay what you want. You get everything that everybody gets. That's only fair. And when I say you get everything that everybody gets, if you do sign up to be a patron, you are entitled to a mini Kerry Dixon banner, a replica of the one hanging in the Matthew Harding end. Um, I've run out of signed ones, by the way, so you might want to wait if if you want to sign one. But don't wait. Just sign up now. Duh. Uh, and anyway, uh, you can also join our Discord group, which is like WhatsApp, but not not quite like what it works very similarly to WhatsApp. We all have a chat while the games run; it's great fun. So there you go. You, there are some fringe benefits to joining. Uh, so there we go. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea uh, Chelsea Fancast. Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast if you want to sign up there. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you there. Uh, and finally, uh, as you know, we have emails every show, and we read them out no matter what. And uh, if you want them in, you want to include them in, get them in on a Sunday night preferably uh, Monday's a bit bit late usually because I do the script on a Sunday uh, send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com or message me on Patreon or Twitter or Dane send them to Instagram yeah I do get a few don't I but yeah. I pass them straight to you even sometimes I get a question like when in, in the middle of the game we was watching on Saturday I got a question on Instagram passed it straight to you you answered straight away and we got back to him yep absolutely now don't forget it's chelseafancast.com is the uh, the Chelsea Fancast, sorry, Chelsea Fancast at gmail.com is the email address. Chelsea Fancast at gmail.com. Now, uh, you can follow me uh, at Stanford Chid, Chelsea Fancast at Chelsea Fancast, Jonathan Kidd at Jonathan Kidd, uh, Tony at Grocer Jack UK, Dane at DWIT9. And uh, as I said, don't forget to check out our Instagram and Facebook pages. Dane looks after the Instagram. He does a fantastic job. Uh, Mixler people, you have all been brilliant and entertaining tonight. Loved reading your comments. Even managed to read a few out tonight. Good God. Uh, I need to go and lie, lie down after doing my duty there. I never managed to do that. Um, Dane, always lovely to see you. And as always, huge thanks for running the Instagram account. You do a fabulous job, mate. Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, pleasure. It's always a pleasure spending time with you and Jonathan. And even nicer this time because Tony was with us. So, yeah, uh, lovely to see Tony, hey, isn't yeah, it? Really always yeah. lovely to see Tony. Uh, Tony, my old China, great, as I said, really <laughs> lovely to see you. Always great to see you. Well done for doing a bit of overtime tonight. Much appreciated. No problem. Been my pleasure, and I've uh, loved every minute. Of it. Good man. Brilliant. Lovely to see you. Hugely enjoyable, Chidge. Yes. Yes, and you're on, you're you're on fire all the time now, Chidge. You know that. Don't I you? have no idea why. <laughs> so good with the uh, every time we have a a, 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 a a opposition view, you're you're so absolutely charming and lovely to them. And they always yeah. you can see them. You can see them crinkling with joy. Yeah, you you like they love him. Yeah. They love you. They love yeah. you. Well, you know, I think what as a psychotherapist, it's always more about what you don't say than what you do say. So what I think you're not saying to me is, why can't you be like that with us? Am <laughs> <laughs> I that transparent? Yes. <laughs> Remember, I, I can read people's minds for a living. That's oh, what I no. do. No, I like the fact that I think, I don't know whether they think they're going to come on here and get, Banded you know, off. get attacked or yeah. something. Yeah, they're no, not. They're, no, they're, no, 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 their, their club is appreciated yeah, and they're yeah, appreciated yeah. for we what we want to know do. what they think about their club because we know bugger all about them exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. I love it I yeah, love yeah. it he's a nice good. bloke Matt was yeah he's, yeah. A, lovely, he's a good bloke he did, he did yeah. well tonight he was good but JK it's, I mean you have me in stitches every show mate so well done you've been on fire tonight as always oh thank you I'm not sure I should actually perhaps I could get a, a, a Mixler could send me notes to say whether I should be less stupid no no I love it you know yeah, carry on carry on carry on kid Oh, okay. <laughs> carry on kid 
uh, and you've done very well for a man of your age to still be up at this time of the night. So we we do. You know, a, we do. You know that none of the actors on any of the Carry On films get any more money. Why? And, you know, it's been, because they signed contracts at the very beginning, and that was that. What they got paid for the film was that. They never got any more money. Any of them. They should have done a, um, a you know, a, an Alec Guinness and Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was canny, but no, they didn't. None of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, J.K. did that with me. He did an Alex Guinness contract contract for the fan cast. Yeah, but sadly, we're, I have to pay cheap. I know, but we're still <laughs> we're still we're still trying to make the money <laughs> well, back. We've got we, personal Patreon set up. I, I have to give him money. I know. We we we're still trying to make the money back for that we've lost. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's paying me <laughs> anyway on that mic drop moment it's time for us to go uh, to bed uh, well done everybody for sticking with us hope you enjoy the show tonight we've really enjoyed it as you can probably tell thanks for listening see you next week until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chills up the chills yeah. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 